My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 289, it's AEW Double or Nothing. Before we do anything, well, let's start with the alternate indie logins. Of course, this is Double or Nothing from the album Rocky IV, of course you can get that on iTunes. It's Double or Nothing, you've got to have a partner or your heart will never come of age. Taken and given, it's time we started living love. Well, get us through this awkward stage. Let your heart run free. Let it run to me. Yeah, we were meant to be, darling. Stay with me. Uh, and now the intro. Well, we take a break from NXT this week to visit its competitor in the Wednesday Night War. The last time we checked in on AEW, James won AEW Revolution, so he's 1-0 up. But what are the prediction leagues? Well, what are the prediction leagues, Dan? Well, they are, James. Uh, we've got four prediction leagues now. We've got the AEW pay-per-view, we've got the WWE pay-per-view, and we've got the NXT pay-per-view. Also, we've got a bonus league as well. Yeah, so the prediction scores at the moment. AEW, I call them one nil up. I'm 5-4 up in WWE pay-per-views. And in NXT, I'm 2-1 up as well. Dan's only won one, and that is the bonus one at the moment, 9-8. But it could all change tonight. Like I say, if one of us gets a perfect score, that is a bonus point. And, of course, the AEW Prediction League as well. And we've also got a bonus point as well for the uh, mystery person who's going to be in the ladder match. Without a shadow of a doubt. But let's get started with the buy. And this was high pay-per-view. We watched it on Fight TV. The first match is the number one contenders match, and it's Private Party versus Best Friends. So, Dan, it's your prediction. Who have you gone for in this matchup? I have gone for. Uh, I have gone for Private Party. Private Party. I've gone Private Party as well. Why have you gone Private Party for in this one? Um, I, I just think they're on a bit of a better role than Best Friends are, to be honest. They've kind of had a, a few good matches, and Cassidy and Quinn are doing a lot better than Taylor and Trent. Yeah, well, we've had no build up. We're appearing for the first time in two months. Private Party battle Best Friends in the night's opening contest. A shot the AEW Tag Team Championships up for grabs. Well, back and forth, first portion of the match gave way to a massive spear at ringside by Trent to Mark Quinn. Trent and Chuck Taylor isolated Quinn, working him over until a hot tag to a side Cassidy sparked a babyface comeback. Or some messy back and forth gave way to the G9 by Private Party as the duo paid homage to the late Shad Gasmer and Crime Time. An alert Taylor saved Trent from sure defeat and delivered a nasty pile driver to Cassidy on the arena floor. The injured ribs of Trent continued to play a role in the match as they prevented him from executing his full arsenal of manoeuvres. Again, Taylor removed Cassidy from the equation, 
Join Trent in delivering a strong zero for the pinfall victory. Yeah, so there you go. Best friends pick up the win. So we start off with uh, no points on that one. But it wasn't actually, like I said, given quite a bit of time as well, about 15 minutes on the uh, buy-in as it was, you know. But what we saw here was two great teams on show, given enough time to make the difference. It was a great shooting star and a finish. I think the right team won, though, and the scores, like we say, is nil-nil. Uh, on Twitter, the WNR says, we love AEW, but sometimes we think this is what WSW would look like in 2020. Yeah, and there's a reply, the Night Rocker said, I do get some of that vibe. Yeah, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on, uh, like you say, AEW looking a bit like WSW, feeling like it would be if it was still around? Um, yeah, you can kind of, you know, you can see, you know, that point. I think it's, there's a few people that have said it. Not just the W. Now, we was first to say yeah, it. Yeah, of course we were, yeah. Um, you know, there's a few people saying it. Obviously, snapping up a lot of ex-WWE talent as a camera pans round on Vicky Guerrero. And, uh, you know, there's so much ex-WWE talent throughout the rosters of All Elite Wrestling. It's kind of hard to decipher who isn't. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. We're at the Daily's Palace here. And like I said, even the outside setting is kind of reminiscent of what WSW used to do. But the main show does start, and like I said, it's not bad. We do fireworks to start, the promo video building up. What match are you most looking forward to here tonight? Um, the stadium stampede. I think that's going to be a, a rip-roaring success. I think, you know, it's kind of, they're going to try and go along the lines of what WWE have been doing out of the box, if you kind of catch my drift, you know, with the Boneyard match, with the Firefly Funhouse, with, you know, even with the Money in the Bank ladder concept as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, we get the build-up then, and the first match is for the Casino ladder match. The man who wins this will get a shot at the AEW World Championship. Um, well, you know, it is kind of a bit reminiscent of the Money in the Bank ladder match, really. You know, it's if there was copyright infringement in place, it would be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's I suppose it's not kind of an idea that is... WWE owned and uh, yeah you know there's there's a few good names in it as well as some arseholes Colt Cabana yeah. hi Colt Cabana well we got Darby Allen, Colt Cabana Orange Cassidy Ray Fenix oh, he's injured now and he's going to be replaced by Joey Janela Scorpio Sky Kip Sabian Frankie Kazarian Luchasaurus and a mystery wrestler. Well, I think that mystery is going to be a mystery. Uh, of course, we have bonus point. But like I said, Dan, how did it all come about? Well, during the May 6th episode of Dynamite, a nine-man ladder match was titled The Casino Ladder Match was scheduled for a double or nothing with the winner receiving a future AEW match. The rules of the match were revealed the following week. Yeah, two wrestlers begin the match at every 90 seconds. Another participant enters. The winners want to retrieve the casino chip suspended above the ring. The match can be won before all participants have entered. And, you know, we've read the name out of who the confirmed participants for the match were. Yeah. Well, my thoughts is Kaz is... I'm going to go through them quickly. So Kaz, I think, is awesome. Sky, of course, is ace. Uh, obviously, I will lose my shit. Darby Allen is a future champion. Kip Sabian's a hidden gem. I uh, find Luchasaurus entertaining. Colt is past his prime. Janela, I'm like, meh. Uh, you know, Dan, what are your thoughts on the guys involved in this? Um, Scorpio Sky, yeah, you know, I think he's all right, but if he was in the match, but he's not, he is. Yeah, Scorpio Sky's oh, in Scorpio this Sky's match. Yes. In the match. Sorry, yeah. Um, Cassidy, you know, he's just a gimmick wrestler. You know, he's no different. I would put in the same brackets as I don't know. Um, oh, what's his name? Santino Morella. 
Well, Orange Cassidy? Yeah. You wash your you fucking know, he's a, mouth he's out. He's a gimmick you wrestler. You wash your fucking mouth out. Uh, Darby Allen, I think he's absolutely brilliant. You know, I do like what he does. I do like his stuff. Now, I weren't quite keen on him at the beginning, but, you know, he's brought me over. Kip Sabian. Yeah, he's all right. Not too bad. Uh, Luchasaurus, you know, not too keen on the name and the gimmick, but I think, you know, he is kind of a... He's a big man. No, he's a big man. Um, Colt Cabana, he's a dick. Joey Janela, I just dislike him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that yeah. is that. That is, that is true. Uh, my prediction for this match, and uh, my prediction goes with my mystery man because they are one and the same. And I was a little bit disappointed this match started off the show because my man who's picked in this one is actually in another match tonight. That is MJF. And not only have I gone in to be the surprise guy, but to actually win this match. Dan, are you surprised by that? And who is your <laughs> prediction pick? Um, mystery, if you want to give that yet. I'm going to give my mystery man away. Is you know, it's it's someone who has recently been released by WWE, who wasn't in the no compete clause because his contract had run out, and that was Drew Gulak. Ooh. And for the win, Darby Allen. Darby, that's that's actually a good shout. Well, what did you, you know? It's interesting to think that we, you know. I've got MGF, the kind of hill, trying to win this one. You've kind of gone the face of Allen. Like we said, a future champ, most definitely. Um, on Twitter, People's Picks, Kieran, or Cryptic Kieran, says, I'm calling Brian Cage as the least W wrestlers were still under no compete, apart from Gulak, of course. Uh, Stephen Maguire, or Steam Mag 316 says the king of sloth style, I'm yeah. guessing, uh, Orange Cassidy. Without a doubt. And we're going to get Kaz and Sky to start. And of course, we're going to have 90 seconds for the next competitor, comes out to get so it's like a ladder raw rumble match which i guess is not too bad but you've picked darby allen we asked what makes darby allen so special dan what are your thought why is this uh, allen special for you um you know watching them couple of matches he's had with uh cody rhodes i think he's performed absolutely brilliantly out of his skin he is someone that i could i could see is like a an early jeff hardy you know he's a risk taking bump taking person um and, you know, maybe if he keeps taking bumps like that, he won't have a long career. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's got that it factor, someone who the fans certainly get behind. You know, he's just someone that he doesn't really think too much about what people think of him as well. You know, he's just going out there doing his thing. You know, that is what I like about yeah, him. He does nice. it nonchalantly. He's got his own character and he sticks by it, which is quite cool. Uh, also, to at Sat Night Special... Said, I wish we'd only he'd only do like two or three max high risk bumps per match, and like I said, it is going to take a toll. But I mean, it's interesting. The early going, we're getting a tag team, you know, former tag team champions, SCU, going against each other. You'd think maybe they would wait and and team up to get. I mean, they could conceivably get the chip right now if they wanted to share it. Well, they could. Uh, Scorpio Sky's had his opportunity at the title. Maybe give Frankie Kazarian a go. Oh, yeah, I think Frankie Kazarian is kind of one of the. Just, just a great talent in ring. I don't think he really makes, you know, talk about mistakes or something like that. Just really solid. There's a shame, really, now with maybe age playing a part. He so can I won't just get a chance? But you know, can I just say one thing? You know, it's not about the match, but why is Ricky Guerrero in AEW? I mean, what is she bringing to? We can definitely hear her in the crowd, and like I said, there's a few people in the crowd. But she's close friends with Jericho. So maybe she's there, and like I said, another face. But we're only five seconds away. From the next person in this match. And there we go. Kip Sabian. Meh. Coming out of Penelope Ford. No, I like him. He's English, don't forget. So you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah, but he's not that good an English of the uh, Magnificent Seven. No, but you never know. Maybe in a few years' time, and well, Jimmy unofficial entrant in the ring Jimmy Havoc Jimmy Havoc helping out part of this uh, stable Kip Sabian Penelope Ford I don't think she's going to remain ringside she's going back to the back and Ford's going to be in action later tonight as well thanks to an injury but look at the cause one now is Jimmy Havoc and Sabian Mishinoku driver drop kick combo there on Scorpio Sky and they're going to turn their attentions to Kip Sa- uh, sorry Frankie Kazarian we saw a tag team there, and they got taken advantage of by another team. Maybe that's how you should work it. Ladder set up, and I like red ladders. I mean, this ain't a little bit different, isn't it? You know, it's not the standard WWE uh, colour. And the uh, poker chip's pretty cool. On top, fucking hell. Kaz sends Jimmy Havoc crashing So this is the ladder. second double or nothing. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. And a released German sends Havoc straight into the ladder, who's not even in this match. We are celebrating a year... Coming up with AEW. Of course, last year's Double Enough It event started this all off. And now we've got a prediction league as well. So it's impacted the Dublin R podcast as Sky is strewn across the stairs. So can you remember what happened in the first Double or Nothing? Uh, oh, probably not right now. No. As Sabian gets distracted by Kaz, he looked to put out Sky. But Kaz climbing a ladder. Saying that though, Dan, I can't remember really what happened in the last W pay for you, let alone fucking AEW. Oscar won, so did Otis. And Kaz now looking to go up and get it, but Sabian pulls him off. Kip Sabian's in line to climb it. No, Scorpio Sky's back in and kind of... The next entrant is making the way. Here we go. Who's it going to be? It is my pick, Darby Allen. Dan's pick is here, and he looks focused. I mean, it would be great for him to win this match. I wouldn't like to see it, obviously, because of, uh, of you, but oh, my word. Allen comes in, suicide dive there to Kaz and Havoc. Sidestep Sky sends him into the ring post. Thanks down Kazarian. So what do you think of the look of uh, Double or Nothing? Uh, you know, you've got the kind of casino poker chips stacked up on one side. You've got the aces across the barricade. I quite like the setting. Like to talk about kind of similarities like WCW. It's kind of outside and it's kind of minimalist but still looks professional in a weird way. Like sort of yeah. fireworks and the kind of... The, the screening, but I do like the, even the cards, like you said, with Moxley and Brody Lee on it, are still quite, you know, smart in a way. So Darby Allen looks set to be, uh, well, he looks like he's setting up for his first big bump there as he sets a ladder up across Barry Cade and the ring, looking to send Kazarian into it. Oh, <laughs> and then throws a skateboard at Frankie. And now Allen's got an idea, and we talked about being like Jeff Hardy, and now he's going to the top of the ladder. Skateboard in hand. Hells, you got planned. Oh! Looking to drop that skateboard through the back of Frankie Kazarian, who moved out of the way. And Darby Allen hit nothing, and I think he's uh, barked his shin very badly. Why would you do that? Jumping off like that. That is crazy. The ladder broke. And I think Darby's shin broke as well. And that might be him out of this match. Is it worth the risk? Like I said, the high reward, I know, but... It, there's still a couple of other guys left in the match that haven't been yeah. taken out by a man on a skateboard on the top of a ladder. And there's still, still going to be fresh coming out here. And, of course, I guess the mystery man as well. Or mystery woman, I don't you know. I don't want to be known for that. But Alan's in serious trouble. And here comes Orange Cassidy as the next one. Come on, Orange Cassidy. Freshly squeezed orange. Come on, OC. And he's coming out there with the vid expect. Well, I mean, what a cool guy, you know? Just a complete look. Not many people can pull off double denim, and he does every time. But he's not going to the ring at the moment. 
Oh, he's going over to commentary team asking how you win this match. He <laughs> reminds me of, um, what's his name? Vote for Pedro. Napoleon Dynamite. I suppose there's a bit of oh. Napoleon Dynamite about It's like, how do you win this match? And he tells him, oh. <laughs> well, now he's serious. The jacket's off. And the T-shirt. But the sunglasses stay on. Orange Cassidy with a countdown. Do you know what? I think the, other, the next person might come out before Orange Cassidy's even got into the ring as he makes his way down. Cassidy there getting into the ring. Very uh, sloth-like. Oh. Looking up. Can't quite reach. He's going to need a ladder. He slowly makes his way over to get the ladder. It's ladder to get it, but he can't reach yet. Ducks Kip Sabian, who attempted to dive at him. Here comes Scorpio Sky. Jumps over Sky, who again also tried to uh, take out OC. Sidesteps Kaz and throws him outside the ring. And now he's got the ladder. And this might be his. Wait, 30 more seconds. Uh, He tried to set up that ladder. Couldn't. It's it's a little bit more difficult than it looks. He's never been in a ladder match before. I think you can see it here. Wait for the next man. And it is Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. You know, Colt Cabana here for us might have been... um, quite a good thing but I mean I don't know about Colt Cabana I really don't let's see how we interact with Orange Cassidy here and Colt Cabana's uh, kind of creeping up on freshly squeezed they're discussing on how you get up there I think Colt's going to show him how to set up a ladder and Colt there bringing Orange Cassidy into a mistake throwing him outside Cabana looks like he's going to set up the briefcase and uh, uh, set up the ladder and climb to get the briefcase or money chip now he's got the chip in his hands, but Sabian comes in and stops him. So what would your reaction be if Colt Cabana was to somehow win this match? I would be excised. And he just took a weird bump there off the ladder. Well, he got sent back into the corner and uh, and then, was it? SCU helped him, uh, hip-tossed him on the ladder, bounced him off. And now Orange Cassidy facing off with Kaz and Sky. And we see the vicious kicks. No managing to dodge it. Double drop kick. Nips up to his feet. And I don't think he's finished there. Suicide dive takes out Sky and uh, Kaz. The sunglasses still stay on. I mean, Colt Banner's a guy who I don't think... It, they talk about a Santino character. He is a comedy character, but how funny is he now compared to what he was a few years ago? I don't think Colt could have a serious run now. I think Cassidy could. I think, you know, if he took his sunglasses off, and we've got a little bit more serious. I think that would work, even though I'm enjoying IC at this moment in time, even though SCU aren't, as we wait our next man. And this is a guy who replaced Ray Phoenix, or Phoenix, sorry, Joey Janella. As he comes diving off the stage, takes out SCU and Orange Cassidy, goes round, takes out Kip Sabian. We're using the chair there to jump over Barry Kay. Takes out Havoc. And Janella's coming this match. Like a man possessed, Colt's trying to set up the ladder. Seated drop kick to Cabana. But like the just, la- <laughs> he just irritates me. Like someone that calls himself, I'm the bad boy, Joey Janella. Yeah, and plus it looks like he's not going to spend a lot on his trunks and outfit, does he? You know, like, no. That kind of professional look. But look up as Janella gets thrown out by Kaz. And now Joey's coming back in with a chair. And we haven't seen any of your pick, Darby Allen, ever since he sacrificed himself for that skateboard. Well, he's just saving himself. He doesn't want to burn out too quickly. And a huge chair by Scorpio Sky on Janela. Oh, but Janela had hit Kazarian, and Kazarian looked round, saw Sky with the ladder in his, uh, with the chair in his hand. Thought it was him, his tag team partner. That could be some friction between former tag champs. And just that, uh, Kip Sabian takes advantage of it, and he sends uh, Sky on the outside and hits a lovely DDT 
on Kaz off that ladder. And it might be his chance, but we've still got a couple of guys still left in this matchup. And let's not forget about the big man, Luchasaurus. And saving at the moment, for me, he's been really impressive in this matchup. Trying to go up and get that chip. Well, Sabian's struggling to get up there. Well, Kaz trying to stop him. A little bit of stalling tactics here, waiting for the next entrant, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Rather than kind of getting on with it. You saw it with Janela when they come out and he's like, spot to hit, spot to hit, spot to hit. Yeah. It's entertaining its own way. And here comes Luchasaurus now. And the big man comes in, goes right after Sabian, hits him with a big boot, takes him out with a ladder. Joey Janela with a chop. Here comes Colt. Goes for the elbow, but gets caught by the dragon's head. Now got Sky in trouble. And for a man his size can move around, hits him with a knee. Sabian in all sorts of trouble. So do you reckon he's the uh, best member of Jurassic Express? I don't know. I like Marco's stunt, but oh my God, Luchasaurus looking at a choke slam. Sabian outside. Gets caught and now in a powerbomb. Throws him out onto all the other wrestlers out there. At least six guys went down there. At least seven. Apart from Frankie Kazarian. Who's your favourite uh, member of Jungle Express? Um, I'll have to say Luchasaurus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Chokeslam onto Kaz, to Kaz on the ladder. And he's bringing a path of destruction. Well, the man might be dressed as a, uh, <laughs> a dinosaur, but... And now here comes Darby Allen Back in this matchup, trying to fight off Luchasaurus. Can your man Allen this one? My God. Sunset flip off the top. That's like a sunset flip powerbomb type thing, but you could definitely see the shin of Darby Allen. It's not in a good way. It kind of buckled on impact there, especially a man Luchasaurus' size. But with 10 seconds left, who is going to be the mystery entrant in this matchup as Allen looks to climb? Is it going to be MGF? Cage! Oh, Brian Cage! God! Well, Brian Cage is the mystery man, and it looks Taz! That's not Brian Cage, that's Taz. Taz has come out here and he's smirking. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, he's just got a smile on his face because I think he's put all his chips onto the biggest built man in this match. My God, Brian Cage just ripped a ladder apart as he makes his way out. Of course, former Impact Wrestling world champion. Got your pick, Darby Allen. So I don't even get a point because my pick, MGF, is not even in this matchup. So I'm still looking for a point for the winner. And the first point of this pay-per-view. Oh, my God. But like an F9 there on to Darby Allen. And he's got Cage. Uh, Cage has got Allen. Throws him into the turnbuckle. <laughs> just completely eliminated Allen from the match. Well, you've seen Brian Cage before, Dan. Haven't you? An impact? I mean, a big mab on there. Explain to people what he's just about. Because, like I said, he's big built. But he's got more to him than that, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's... Very talented wrestler. Didn't he used to come out kind of dressed as half a robot or something? Yeah, back in the day he did. Yeah. And he kind of grew from that. Beat Lashley for the uh, Impact Wrestling title. I mean, this dude is an imposing look. And he's been a free agent for a while. And AEW has snapped him up. And now he's got Janela. And a beautiful suplex there off the second rope. I don't think Brian Cage has actually received a move. Well, he is just dominant in this one. And Colt Cabana... He's going to try his luck. Make the biggest mistake of his life. Second biggest mistake. First was being a dick to the WNR. And Kaz trying to climb, but Cage catches him. And my God, like a wheelbarrow into the net breaker. Well, Cassidy's climbing on the back of Cage. Well, he used Colt to jump up and Cage is still climbing. And Cassidy might have the chip in hand. Cage kicking off Cabana, kicking off Sabian, kicking off Scorpio Sky as everyone's trying to 
Hulk Cage's progress up the ladder, still with Cassidy on his back. And they're finally getting Cage down. And they're all just trying to work on the big man. And it's the only way they can maybe beat up Brian Cage. I think the numbers are kind of getting over on Cage now. As everyone in this match is working together. He's managing to fight him off. But not long enough to dodge that ladder to the face. And he gets sent into the ring post. And now it looks like they're coming up with an idea. They're going to try and bury him now. We've got the ladders on him. Ladders across him. Barry Cade's on him. And well, that might be Cage done in this matchup. Well, that's some debut. Oh, fucking hell. Three of them struggling to lift one of their mahoosive <laughs> poker chips up. And they try and wander through. It's taking five men to help them now. Oh! And they throw the chip down and Cage is buried underneath. Do you reckon they put that chip on Red or Black? <laughs> well, Cage is out of this match as Colt looks to take advantage. Kip Sabian cutting him off with a seated drop kick. Scorpio Sky sending him to the eighth, but Kip hanging on. And now Sky sets the ladder of Colt in the corner. But Sabian low bridges him. And now Sabian, lovely there, coast to coast. Sending that ladder right into Colt. And now can he take advantage? Ladder set up, but Kaz managing to stop him. Now the king of sloth styles in to try and thwart Kaz. Superman punch. Now Cassidy looks set to move as fast as I've ever seen him move up the ladder. Sabian up there to cut him off, though. A super bad Penelope Ford is up on the uh, entranceway. But Cassidy's got the finger of Sabian. Oh. Knocks him off into the ladder that was in the corner. Penelope Ford jumping into the ring. And Cassidy's... Take a swing at Cassidy, but both arms get blocked. Cassidy's a gentleman, though. <laughs> well, luckily enough, Kip Sabian was strewn across the ladder. But here comes Havoc pulling Cassidy off and just choking him with his tie. Here comes best friends, though. Well, they've come out to help their uh, one of their best friends. And now they're going to beat up Jimmy Havoc. But Luchasaurus, the big man, conspicuous by absence in this one. Tips the ladder over as he's going face-to-face with OC. Uh-oh, Cassidy in trouble. <laughs> Flailing away, trying to get out of the chokeslam. And now he's got Luchasaurus. This could be it. He's going to chokeslam him to hell. Better get a big man off his feet, though. Marco stunt there with a little ladder. He's got Cassidy round the throat. Oh! He's wearing Crocs. And he just chokeslammed Orange Cassidy. No, he's wearing fucking Crocs, James. You know, dropkick Sky to the outside. I hate Jurassic Express and everything they stand for. They're D- wearing Crocs. Dives out between the middle and the bottom rope. Take out three men. Cassidy gets sent the ladder. Kaz off the top. That was a bit of a fumble, I believe. Hurricane runner, but Luke Storis dropped him. Oh, Joey Janela's in with a little ladder. Takes out Cassidy, who's up on the edge of the ring apron. And I don't think he's finished him yet. Uh-oh, see you later, OC. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on to where Cage was. Onto that poker chip. Oh, chip, the barricade, the ladders and Cage. And a huge impair off the top. And this is a match that I'm actually quite enjoying, because I, I don't know what I was going to expect. It is, there is a bit of enjoyment about it, but, you know, you kind of come into it and it's stunt, little wrestling, stunt, little bit of wrestling, stunt, little bit of wrestling, and that's, you know, it's kind of like they're constantly waiting for the next stunt, waiting for the next stunt. I don't mind Marco's stunt, though, and a nice TKO led by Scorpio Sky, and it's Kaz's tag team partner, who leapfrogs in onto the ladder, and now both partners going to go up, and they're fighting over it, now they're trading this is what it means to get a shot at the world title. But Luchasaurus has got the ladder. Oh, and Kaz and Sky come falling off. 
SCU got hung up on the top rope. SCU later. They are out now. And Colt, don't know what he was trying. <laughs> trying to jump over the ring ropes, but got kicked off of that. Now Luchasaurus. Oh, oh he's alive. Cage has just busted out of his cage, prison. Well, he's got rid of that. <laughs> I think he threw Orange Cassidy when he got out of it as well. But Luchasaurus, man. he's not afraid. I thought he would be a cage. Like I said, two monsters. But it's caged now with a combination. But nice by Luchasaurus. I mean, a one-on-one match for these two would be very interesting. Combination of kicks into the choke slam. The cage flips free from the choke slam attempt. Hits a knee. Oh, now he's got Luchasaurus in a powerbomb. Oh, sends him onto the ladder in the corner. Well, cage didn't care. Now he's got the ladder. No one around. Can't see your pick Darby Allen. Can't see anybody at the moment. And as soon as I say that, Darby Allen makes his way in. He could do something crazy. Maybe he's got something to say about this. And Allen there with a smack on K- But a clothesline just turns him inside out. And he picks up Darby. <laughs> Fucking hell. hell. Just spiked him on his head. And Taz there bringing on the encouragement saying, Come on, Cage. Is that the towel that Taz used to wear over his head as he walked to the ring? Yeah, I mean, Taz was a killer these days. The submission machine. And he's been parting all his wisdom on Cage. I think it's a great combination. As the ladder set up and... Whoop! Allen on the ladder gets <laughs> taken out. See, not easy as it looks. There you go. Try again. And Cage now. What the fuck? He's got Darby Allen on top of him. <laughs> and he threw Darby Allen on top of the ladder onto a ladder that was set up on the outside. And that just smashed Allen's chances. Cage climbs up. And there you go. Brian Cage collapses chip. He is the new number one contender to the AEW World Championship. He wins the Casino Ladder match. Why has he got a blue tongue? Because I think that's his um, gum shield in there as well. As Taz looks on, happy. Dan, what did you think of that match? It was okay. You know, I've seen a lot better ladder matches. It was kind of stunt, 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 stunt. And you knew when Cage got buried by... All that stuff that at one point or another he was going to break out in an extravagant fashion. Um, you know, there was a few good stunts in there that I'd not seen. Um, a Cumbles that, you know, possibly could have been avoided as well. But it wasn't a terrible match. And what I like to see is a guy coming in who's not an ex-WWE talent who gets an opportunity. And Brian Cage is someone I think can be a great challenger to a John Moxley or a Brody Lee down the line. Is you know? that the someone that's managed by an ex-WWE talent? Yes, because that's what I'm saying. He made it look easy. And Taz, as a mouthpiece, I think Taz will work because Cage is maybe not known for his promos. And I think with Taz there as well, again, realises it's kind of a difficult line AEW are trending where they want to get the kind of casual fan, but they can't just use their own talent all the time. So they have to get the people who go, oh, I do recognise him from WWE, but they're making more of a statement on... His, who he's managing as opposed to Taz himself. Uh, and Taz has been on AEW Dark. He's not been too bad, you know. So, And, we're, and he's got the impact connection there, which makes sense. That uh, is so, not a gum shield. That is his tongue. Well, Just for confirmation. Blue tongue or not, Brian Cage, I know you're not happy Darby Allen didn't win. He is the Casino Ladder winner. Uh, it's not a spectacular ladder match, but very good in places. On Twitter, Lee at Lee 92 says, I like the new concept that they came out. It was different at times. But I really wasn't expecting Brian Cage to debut. He said, I stayed away from any rumours, and i glad I did. So that means scores, bonus points, we get zero. 
And uh, with scores, it is again 0-0 heading into our third match. Yes, and that is Jungle Boy versus MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Well, he's looking to protect his undefeated streak. MJF battled Jungle Boy in singles competition. And, you know, you kind of know my thoughts on MJF. I think he's just an idiot. Who have you gone for in this match, though, before you go off about MJF? Before I go off on my rant. Before you go off on your rant. I went for MJF. Yes, you went MJF in this one, and I too went MJF. And what is it you don't like about him? I just don't... Everything about him, I think, you know, he's kind of playing a hill, but he's kind of playing... uh, early 90s late 80s style hill you know he's kind of avoiding everything he kind of he was out injured because he cut himself shaving you know he kind of clipped a fingernail too short so he's off for another week and it's just like really it's kind of shake your head bad stuff you know and his promos as well it's just terrible we won that stupid bloody ring thing as well which is just annoying <laughs> yeah that's true but fr- frustrated and out wrestled early mjf feigned a knee injury for attacking his opponent seizing the upper hand in a match he worked over the babyface target his left arm as he prepared for his salt of the earth armbar a sunset flip bomb from the top rope by a recovered jungle boy and a near fall a series of near falls gave way to Embridgely elbowing his shoulder of his opponent while looking for his aforementioned submission hold. Well, a series of roll-ups saw MJF catch his opponent with a modified European clutch for the pinfall victory. So MJF wins. We do get a point to the second. But as the match, um, you know, they said it was a superbly wrestled match. Every spot meant saying the psychology was on point and the efforts of both men enhanced the meaning of the match. It was a lot longer then uh, we fought, but Jungle Boy impressed us more than MGF. He needed the win. It didn't need to be so competitive. I mean, MGF didn't be a top-line hill, and yet he wrestled a near-20-minute match with a guy who maybe is not at his level, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Again, you know, it's they're trying to put MJF over as the hill of AEW. Um, and, you know, someone new comes in who's slightly more heelish, and he just kind of overshadows MJF, pushing him further and further down the line. Well, interesting, interesting. Uh, but it means we both do get a as well. So after our third match, it is one all. And uh, hopefully now things will start to heat up. Because up next is the TNT Championship match. It's Cody versus Lance Archer. This should be great. And we've had a lot of build-up as well, Dan, haven't we? We have, yes. Um, you know, both of these guys, kind of, they came through the... TNT Championship Tournament and, you know, as luck would have it, they face each other in the finals after Cody beat Darby Allen in a very good match in the semis to advance this far. Um, yeah, you just said it. I mean, it was April 29th episode, didn't he? Uh, that Cody defeated Darby Allen and Lance Archer defeated Dustin Rhodes. Setting up this final, it was announced on the May 13th episode that Mike Tyson We've sent the championship to the winner. Here he comes. I mean, garish and ugly, but what do you? Th- it's not Mike Tyson's fault. What do you think of the TNT championship? I think it is awful. It looks. It just looks god awful. It is. It is terrible. Um, you know, there is nothing attractive about it, and the belt ain't that good looking either. Well, <laughs> I, hopefully, the belt is not. They've said it's not really finished yet, which. It kind of looks like it, but Tyson here, does it add credibility for Mike Tyson to be awarding this championship? No, <laughs> not in the slightest. And, you know, I think with the backlash that the belt has received online, I think that's why they're claiming it's not finished yeah. just yet. Well, it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. And, of course, prediction-wise, in this one, our fourth match, 
I mean, for me, it can only be one man in this TNT Championship. He's looked like a killer throughout his ever since his debut, and it is, of course, the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer, who's coming at him, bringing a looks like a civilian to ringside as he choke slams him. Oh my God, Tyson! <laughs> Tyson can't believe what he's seen, but he likes it. And I think again, Jake the Snake in Archer's corner makes sense because he can give out promos, and there's no one that can give out promos quite like. Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, again, you know, I've, I've made this statement to you. Jake the Snake Roberts, he's, you know, he was talking about Brandy Rose that should be back at home changing babies' smelly diapers. And, you know, come on, Jake the Snake. This is the 20s, 2020s, mate. You know, not promoting back in the 90s anymore. But you want to see him get a beating, and that's, I think, the, the trick of a Hill manager. But prediction-wise, Dan, who have you gone for in this matchup? Um, in my opinion, you know, if you're going to, come up with the idea of a company and not win the AEW Heavyweight Championship. We've got to kind of win a title in your own company. Hello, Jeff Jarrett, and that is T. So I have gone for Cody to be the victim in this match. Yeah, well, you've gone Cody. I've gone Lance Archer. This should be a great matchup as Cody comes out here with the fireworks and Arn Anson in his corner. And after watching his brother get destroyed by Archer, will that add extra motivation? We're just about to find out. Why is there a card saying Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow? I have no idea. I'm trying to read it a little bit closer as well. Well, we have got 136 in. So here we go. Cody versus Archer. Archer versus Cody. So this should be an interesting matchup. Um, we do keys to victory because we've both gone different. Dan... As we see a TNT title held above the referee's head for the introductions. What does Cody Rhodes have to do here if he wants to win? I think he has to avoid everything that kind of Jake the Snake Roberts is going to try and do to distract him. He has to avoid, obviously, everything Lance Lance Archer has to do, heavy hitting offence, and kind of not get drawn into it. And just kind of, you know, get the victory by hook or by crook. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think Archer is on a roll at this moment and I think Cody's come up short in big-time matches when you look at, you know, against MJF and against uh, Jericho for the AEW World Championship. It's not really worked out for him, has it? So I think Archer's got all the confidence in the world and I think the X factor is Jake the Snake Roberts at ringside who has been in the ear and in the head of Archer and is making him near on impossible. And I think, you know, if you want Arn Anson or Jake the Snake Roberts, I'd probably have, um, well, I'd definitely have Jake Roberts over the two. Yeah, but with a spine buster like Double A, you know, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, but I mean, what's he going to implant on Cody that Cody doesn't already know? I mean, obviously, Cody's fired up for this matchup. You know, Arn Anderson was part of the Four Horsemen. He knows what it's like to be a stable member and not the most successful stable member as well. <laughs> so, you know... Um, there's certainly a height and weight and strength advantage in Lance Archer's favour. But Cody Rhodes, you know, he's got gumption. And that's what we like, James. We like gumption. Well, the thing is, he was in Legacy, wasn't he, with Randy Orton. I know you're a huge Orton fan. When does Cody Rhodes' career class as a success? Or is it a failure in kind of your eyes or anybody's eyes that he didn't make it in WWE, what he's doing in AEW? I don't think he's had a, a major success. So AEW has a lot of work in your eyes to prove it's more kind of legitimate. Yeah, you know, and I'm not bashing on All Elite Wrestling. You know, they have had some very good matches. They have got a lot of talent. But, you know, it still needs to kind of work. It can't be kind of put on as a major success Maybe. immediately. Well, Cody there, Suicide Dive, sending Archer 
over the barricade. And another thing good about AEW events, of course, the uh, the fans, I say fans, the people in attendance, giving them a bit of atmosphere as Cody climbs barricade. Oh, my God, it gets choke slammed right onto those wafer-thin mats. Oh, yes, and those mats are a lot thinner than the WWE mats. They have no give, no forgiveness whatsoever, and it is concrete underneath them. And this match not been even going a couple of minutes. Cody's taking two huge high-risk moves. We talk about New Japan as well, and Archie used to be there. And now he's come to America to finally make his shot. Of course, it was Lance Hoyt in uh, TNA at <laughs> 14 WWE as well. As one of the fans go after Archer. Oh, getting in Pineapple Pete's face. Is that Billy Gunn there as well? <laughs> well, Archer needs to get your eyes on the ball, man. How many times have we seen this? The hill gets something. I mean, Cody might be down at the moment, but he still could be in this one. That's Cody there with a boot, but Archer with a clothesline turning him inside out. And I can tell, Dambo, you know, you are shocked in this match already with Cody. The I amount am... of punishment he's taken. He's... You are a gog. Yes, he's taken a lot of uh, a lot of work from Lance Archer. But, you know, this is the way it's going to be. I think Cody needs to capitalise on any mistake that Archer makes. Well, at the moment, the murder hawk has been on point. And look at Jake Roberts as well. With his steely look, making sure he doesn't veer off course. They've got slot machines there as well. I'm surprised none of the uh, wrestlers watching are playing on them. Well, they're too engrossed by the action as Archer climbing that top rope. Walks the ring ropes, kind of a bit like Undertaker does. Are you saying a la Undertaker? A la Undertaker. <laughs> but he, instead of uh, dropping the fist to the back, he kind of moonsaults off it. Which a man his size shouldn't be able to do, but he does. And at the moment, he's just playing with Cody. We see Tyson enjoying it at the moment. You are heartbreak! <laughs> <laughs> and Arn Anson better not get involved. One of the things I, you know, we were saying on Twitter as well was kind of like, we knew with AEW that it was going to be, you know, it's going to be at least three hours, isn't it, you know? At least three and a half. And, uh, you know, was that a problem? And some people were saying, well, you know, with WWE, they have, uh, you know, kind of six six hours of, of programming sometimes, and, you know, with the kickoffs and AEW's, you know, once in a while. I mean, what are your thoughts on it, Dan? Would you, would, you know, I know they only have four pay-per-views a year, um, is it too much moaning to to be three and a half hours, or you know, do you expect something like that? Um, no, you know, they've kind of got a bit of a roster. You know, the uh, I Dillinger Dustin Rhodes match. Does that really need to be on the card? Well, it's weird again because there's another WWE guy, isn't it? Kind of Sean Spears yeah. and Goldust. Um, and you know, the there's uh, the MJF Jungle Boy match. Does that need to be on there? Well, it didn't need to be that long, I don't think, but. I mean, are you happy to sit through that amount of time without getting bored? If it keeps me hooked, the championship matches, they need to be on there as well. The ladder match, that needs to be on there as well. But, you know, the Statlander match, is that really necessary as well? I know it's kind of promoting the women's wrestling and I'm all for that, but, you know, does it need a place? Well, it's a shame Britt Baker got injured because that was originally her match, you know. So, like I say, I think you can argue for and against, but we just saw Tyson. I don't know if that was a yawn that he was doing. But Archer took the uh, turnbuckle off the top. And uh, mistake that Dan was talking about ran into the steel. Cody took advantage on the ring post. But Archer looks to be already back in it. Well, Cody climbs up top and gets thrown over the ring post corner and straight down onto the mats. And I think the... it's going to take a bigger door opening for you know Archer to fuck up with to get Cody in there then uh, I think Cody realises. Well, that's a cool camera angle there as Archer throws Cody 
over. And again, another huge bump Cody's taken right to the outside. Again, a classic JR cliche coming out on commentary. Well, you've got to say JR, you know, is kind of working with uh, Tony Schiavone. I quite like the relationship that they've had, even though we don't hear it as much, obviously, when we're doing this. But, uh, of course, Excalibur as well as another guy. I think, you know, the commentary team, to talk about the past year, have been quite good, hasn't it? You know, compared to maybe other promotions. It's been all right, yeah. You know, but um, I think I've kind of grown out of the cliches. You know, I've heard, heard them all a million times now before. I like to hear something new. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, I hate the mamma mia as well. That irritates me over every single thing that makes, you know, that's kind of a bit of a moment. You know, if you use it for the overly big moments, then yeah, you know, it wouldn't be too bad, but it kind of gets used a bit too much. I'm glad. Into a cover, but no, Cody managing to kick out. Uh. I keep seeing myself getting distracted by the spinning reels that's going on on the main screen. <laughs> you know, it feels like, you know, that's kind of taking my focus away from the match itself, and it shouldn't, though. I don't even notice it, to be fair, until now. Does it actually move? Yeah, it spins. I bet Cody's spinning at the moment with Archer just on top of him. When we yeah, talk about... Oh, yeah, but we talk about Cody's fight, and is Archer taking too much time? I would say yes. So well being dominant, but you've got to be successful. I think, you know, with his kind of dominance at this moment in time, it's acceptable because he's kind of bragging about it as he's got him in a move as opposed to kind of doing a move then bragging about it and then getting caught yeah I suppose that's fair but this you know he's kind of what's he doing uh, at the moment just wasting time there we go Not catches Cody with a splash into a cover but Cody managing to kick out oh. are they trying to build Cody as a super senior you know someone who gets beaten down for 90% of the match and in the last kind of last gasp effort gets the victory out of the bag well, it seems that way at the moment, you know, the way Cody's been portrayed. I mean, he's, he's like I said, come up short in big matches, but every one of his matches had a kind of grand entrance, and it's been 20 minutes, and you talk about, you know, a la Triple H. A la Triple H. And stuff like that. It's kind of very similar. Uh, Cody, you know, is it about ego? I'm sure it is with every wrestler at a certain point. They can say what you want, but at the end of the day, you want to be successful in this business. So, do you know what I mean? That's the kind of catch-22 situation. But I think success is kind of earned other than, you know, just kind of giving it to yourself. Yeah, yeah that's where it gets interesting, isn't it, you know? It is. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, even the likes of John Cena, you know, someone who's kind of been billed as faces of companies and that, you know, it did take him a little while to get into it. And, you know, he kind of took a stepping stone. He got the Intercontinental, or no, the US Championship, US, right? yeah, big yeah. show at WrestleMania 20. And, you know, he's kind of built himself up to there. And, you know, you can see why he is a 16-time champion. Yeah. But this is the thing. He got pushed down the throats, so many people thought that, and he did in certain ways. And fans got bored of it. And it's, it's, we have not seen that with, with Cody yet. And maybe even like Moxley, obviously there's not been fans in attendance recently, but their reactions even online have been very, very positive. So it's saying AEW has done right, whether that be the fan base who are supporting the good guys. Look in WWE, it's just a matter of time before they start turning on, um, you know, McIntyre and Strowman and saying, oh, they're boring and all this stuff. It's all, you know, you already start seeing the tweets and stuff like this. So that's where it's a problem. You know, someone like Archer, you don't want to be like a kind of cool hill. I think that's, if you're going to be a bad guy, be a bad guy. You know, you can't really, like any person different from that, maybe next to Adam Cole is the kind of guy who is a bad guy, will get booed, but has that kind of respect yeah, you know, when it NXT comes crowd. in, Adam Cole, baby, yeah, exactly, and the boob, yeah. and, you know, things like that. that 
people respect. But again, you know, he's someone that has, you know, especially in my eyes, earned respect. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, as I said, when he first came in, I thought he was a dick, hated him. But now, you know, I respect his talent in the ring. And, and he's the longest reigning NXT champion of all time as well, which is just incredible. You know, fair play. As uh, this matchup has just been a story of Archer just been working over Cody and it's going the way I didn't want it to go. But still... Well, Cody's made like a couple of slight Hulk Hogan comebacks <laughs> uh, for want of a better terminology. But now he's got Archer tied up using his own hair to kind of... No, oh, it looks like he's cho- choking him out. He's got his hand over his mouth and no, he's stopping the breathing. Jake the Snake's on the uh, ring apron complaining about hair pulling. Again, a classic old hill manager. Not a doubt. Now Cody's getting distracted. Jake's saying, hit him right here. Uh, long enough for Archer to get back into this one. Again, you know, they make their bones about not being stupid and not being kind of bound by the ring ropes, but they're stupid enough to get distracted by a hill manager. That's <laughs> out. Cody, though, managed to hit the DDT. And then look at Jake the Snake. Oh, Jake the Snake's trying to get into the ring, and Cody's just sat there staring at him again, not capitalising on what he's doing. Irish whip reversed, and there you go. Two messages sent. Cody hitting the DDT. Of course, Jake the Snake, Roberts finisher. And Lance Archer there hitting the uh, spine buster, which are, oh, now you talk about double A spine buster. Archer's maybe not on that level, but they're looking right down. Uh, it's not a double A spine buster. It's an LA spine buster. <laughs> and the murder hawk's been impressive, but you think the longer this match goes, and now he's getting distracted, the more it's going to favour Cody. But again, Archer getting distracted, sitting on the top turnbuckle. Cody comes in, in Seguri. Cody Cutter off the top. Bloody hell. Whoa. Barely gets a one count. One. That just shows Archer's power. Cody getting frustrated. That was a very poor landing. Now both men have given everything in this matchup. Archer's asking Cody to give him his best shot. Oh, hits a running knee. Archer just tries to shake it off, but Cody now. Sticking in with the rights. And paying homage to the Rhodes family. Bionic elbow. Yeah, but that was kind of no sold by Archer. And Cody there hits the final reckoning on Archer. Well, that's one of his brother's moves. And now he's going for the Undertaker. Fucking hell, who else he's going to rip off? Well, either that or Benoit. That's Cody now looking on. Here we go. Crossroads time to Archer. Hits it. One, two. Oh. No. Archer powers out. <laughs> well, Archer there. Looked to be in trouble. And Cody giving him the best shot. Archer gets up. And now Cody with a stinger splash. But Archer hits him with a choke slam into the cover. One, one two. two. No. Cody just managing to kick out. Oh. So is that a shout of things to come? Sting going to be making an appearance? Well, Sting calls free agent, but now the claw. And now just smashing Cody's head up against the canvas. But Archer's a bit too spent to be able to continue with the onslaught. And you can feel you're getting into the closing moments now of this matchup. Both men have been pretty drained in this one. Jake the Snake's sweating. Jake doesn't look confident at this moment in time. You know, Cody putting up a fight. Can Archer finish it now? Maybe this is a bit of a mistake from Archer. Looks to be climbing the ropes again. Old school. Well, he's done it before he was successful. Maybe it was not a good idea. Why is he walking? Well, Archer walks from one corner to another, which I don't think I've seen before. Jake's distracting the referee. Uh, and Arn Anderson crutching Lance Archer on the top. What was he even attempting to do there, was Archer? Uh, again, you know, it was kind of a setup for that. <laughs> yeah. 
There was no other reason for him to walk from corner to corner than to set up to be crutched by Arn Anderson. Oh, my God. A reverse suplex from the second rope. He just got round. Oh, well, comes another three. Saying Arn Anderson got involved. You know what that means, Dan? Are they going to roll it up? Even Tyson saying, get him out. You're <laughs> out of here. And Jake saying, it's a great decision. And a referee loan. just sent Jake away as well. Well, that's yeah. Jake's been sent. Oh, my God. Why has Jake been sent back? Well, I think it was a distraction of the referee that's got him out. But Cody, distracted by Arn Anderson leaving, gets caught in a release German. Oh, Archer, someone out? Well, Archer, I think, wants Jake back out. But he can't. He's been banned from uh, ringside. Oh, wait oh. a minute. No, Jake has come back after being sent out. Well, he's come back and he's got his snake in his hand. This looks deadly, but Tyson not having it. Handing the belt over to the referee. Tyson takes off his shirt. Well, he's coming in, Jake. He's not in bad shape. Is that a Shea Guevara tattoo on him? And Tyson there, telling Jake to get away. Lance Archer, don't get distracted by Tyson. Did Tyson say, fuck you? I think he did. He want to fight him as well. And now he's posing. And here we go, Archer. Going to put Cody away. We're going to second time we've seen this. No, Cody catches him. Oh. Into crossroads. Oh, no. Carries it on. No. Picks him up. No. Second crossroads. Oh. This has got to be it, surely. Don't Two, three. Well, don't call me Shirley, Dan, but Cody has become the very first TNT, TNT champion. My God. Oh, God. That was absolutely horrible. No, I mean, it weren't too bad. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? It wasn't a bad match, but again, you know, there was moves setting up for other moves. And, you know, it's there was a lot of lollygagging about there, kind of waiting for, you know, the your opponent to get back into it. I know it is part of wrestling, but you kind of don't need to make it that obvious. And as far as uh, Mike Tyson cameos goes, I think the one he done with DX was a million times better than this cameo here. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I don't think it's a bad match, and maybe Cody winning, you know, probably makes... A bit of sense, but still, it's disappointing because of the scores now. Dan goes 2-1 up with AEW, but we've still got lots of matches to go. We asked, was it the right choice on Twitter? Match was good, but didn't click in places. Hakim Fullerton, at Fullerton Hakim, said, would this be similar to Jeff Jarrett? That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, or Vincent Mann putting the belt on themselves, even though it's not the main title. And We were saying this, Dan, weren't we? Indeed, yes. Um, well... You know, I can't help but agree. It's, you know, I, I think it's kind of a, a bit of a ridiculous move. A bit of a, what is it? Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, like nepotism. Nepotism. That's ne- it, James. Perfect word. Nepotism. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't think there was any need for it, personally. Not in- No, I, 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 I don't. F- well, this is interesting. It, it's, it's uh, look, they, that's what the decision they made. Can we agree with it or not? I'm not sure. Uh, Jeremy Stewart says, uh, like, J.W. Stewart, 67, wrong guy, one in my opinion. Archer's loss hurts him more, and then Cody wins. Help. And I, and I think that's true as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, set him up to lose to Cody. What is, you know, I think he, he had, going into this match, a perfect record as well. Yeah, without a doubt, he was 5-0 and going into this one. And we've got the look of the TNT title. The Dubbin' Our Forks, it might not be pretty, but again, Tyson can't help it. 
at KH Sly Nine says it reminds her or reminds them of the old Knockouts Championship. And uh, XDP Chris said the Raw title had a baby. Uh, so we move on to our next match. Yes, and that is uh, Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Yeah. So who have you gone for in this one? I have gone for the alien Chris Statlander. And I too have gone Statlander in this matchup. What about the build-up, Dan? Well, on May 13th episode of Dynamite, Hiraku Shida, who was at the top of the rankings in the women's division, defeated Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander and Britt Baker to win a four-way match. Britt Baker, DMD, attacked Chris Statlander outside the ring and applied the lockjaw on her, which allowed Hiraku Shida to score the pin over her, but Britt was injured on Dynamite and replaced with Penelope Ford. Yeah, so in this one, the match, despite a back injury suffered in the casino ladder match early in the night, Ford seized control of a match with Chris Statlander early on and worked over a number of kick-based strikes. Kip Sabian nursed his own injuries from the opener, cheered her on until Statlander wiped them both out with a toe pay. Well, back inside, she top rope attacked but ate a boot to the face. Then Ford resumed control and delivered a picture-perfect hurricane runner from the top rope. She looked for a cutter, but Statlander caught her and delivered a suplex. And with a Big Bang Fury finished Ford, the Statlander picked up the surprisingly hard-fought victory. I mean, Ford looked like a star here. Is she a polished performer of a... On the roster's art, no, but she has that star role and turned into her best show to date. The kick-based offence is wholly different from that of the rest of the women's roster, while the visual saves Saban as a cheerleader is a great change of the old troop. Well, Statlander needed the, to win the match to remain in title contention, something a loss would have eliminated her from. Before looked like a wrestler on the rise, and in that regard, this exceeded expectations. And that means we both get a point, so it's three two heading into our next match, which is Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. There's been no build up to this really, but suit cloud Sean Spears is confident that Dustin Rhodes have retired and will not appear for his schedule. Hit the ring and mocked legendary competitor, even pulling the classic Batman line from the Joker. He's at home washing his tights, and uh, Brandy Rose has just showed up though. And wait a minute, look behind Sean Spears, it's Dustin Rhodes. And he's here, and Aubrey Edwards, you're going to start this match up. And Spears with the chops. And what a weird way, Spears is not even dressed to compete in this matchup. Uh, Dad, predictions in this one, I've gone for Sean Spears. You? I haven't gone for Sean Spears, I have gone for the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. <laughs> Well, like I said, what a weird way to start. I do like Spears on the microphone, but again, we talked about does this match deserve to be on AEW pay-per-view as Rose now just stripping Spears of his top. Well, of course it does because it is the brother of the owner of the company. <laughs> so, yes. Well, we cannot confirm or deny that is the case as Dustin now takes his shirt off his back and Spears, you know, it's Ty and Dillinger, he had that kind of gimmick and... What have we really seen from the chairman in AEW at the moment? Well, he hit someone with a chair once, and now he's the chairman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he lost to uh, to Cody, and he's uh, he feuded with Joey Janela. But apart from that... Do you think least... he would have been better off in WWE, or do you think this is the right move for Sean Spears? Is it going to be a slow bit for him, who's now been knocked out of his shoes, <laughs> and he's wearing just socks and trousers? That's how hard he's been hit. I think, you know, it's going to take time. He needs to find the character. And can he work as a heel? Maybe. Is he better off as a face? He just needs a little bit of direction. As he now is looking to whip Dustin. No, he's not. He's going to wrap it around his uh, hand. Well, he looks towards Brandy. Gives her a birdie. Looking to hit 
Dustin with the belt, but gets caught with that power slam. And I think Dustin Rhodes is a man that time forgot. Oh, my word. Sean Spears has been stripped to his boxer shorts, and he's wearing socks, and they've got hold-ups. Well, fair play. You don't really see that often. His backside has been exposed. And now, oh, my God, this turns a comedy match. Well, Spears maybe not seen as main event talent, but come on, Spears, get into this one. No. And he gets caught with an atomic drop. I thought that was uh, Ty's perfect six-inch poking out of his fly, but it's not. It is. Well, he's no Alex Wright, is he? There's no doubt about that. There's Rhodes now going the outside. So this match, as it gets on a bit further, is it necessary? I mean, Sean Spears is here kind of wrestling in his boxer shorts and socks. I, I don't know what they're... Oh, wait a minute. What's the picture of? He's got... He's got... <laughs> he's got Blanche's picture on his boxers. Oh, my God. For Sean Spears, maybe this is not the best look for him. As Dustin now... He's got him. Hits the final, final reckoning. reckoning. One, two, two three. three. Wow. I think Sean Spears' days of a main event attraction at AEW might be in trouble at the moment. Dan, what do you think of that match? <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like, you know, Sean Spears is nothing but an enhancement talent in AE. Fucking hell. I mean, that was just pretty much a squash and Spears looked quite embarrassed. It got really embarrassed yeah. in that match. Indeed, yeah. Um, you know, would, does the victory help Dustin Rhodes out in any way, shape or form? No, because he's meant to be a tag team wrestler at this moment in time. So. Indeed, yes. And uh, Sean Spears... I mean, you know, I think above all momentum would have helped him out. You know, I lost to Cody, right, I'm going to beat his brother and I'm going to get back and get retribution on Cody. Yeah. You know, he's got a title now. He could go for that. But instead, he kind of gets decimated by a man who is basically on the brink of retirement. That's true. Um, You know, it's, it's just interesting booking of it, really, isn't it? You know, when we talk about it. Would Dustin have won if it wasn't his brother's company? Um, I probably would have said no, he wouldn't have done. But then again, it's, this is a question. AEW are doing so many things right. And again, it just, it's just interesting, isn't it? It'll see where it goes, see what happens. Because there's a fine line, like I said, that they tread. So they've got to be, you know, they've got to be careful. But what we do know, though, is that the next show will be in September. Did I say September 5th? All out. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and let's just take a second as well to talk about, well, not talk about, Hannah uh, Kimura, of course, um, unfortunately passed away at Horrible Vets, 1997-2020, and also Shad Gaspar. Uh, we'll go on more to it with our, our live shows and the kind of details, but I uh, just want to take a second to just say to both of them, you know, it's a, it's tra- it's a tragic loss, isn't it, Dan, you know? Absolutely, yeah, and again, you know, especially with Hannah Kimura, 97 she was born. I was starting secondary school that year, you know, it, it is no life whatsoever, and the circumstances around her death are just, that, it's something that shouldn't be around in this world. No, without a doubt, you know, and it needs to stop. But we do move on, and our next matchup is no disqualification match for the AEW Women's Championship, Hiroki Shida versus Nyla Rose. Uh, just to, actually, before we do move on, Let's just say uh, Sean Spears and Rose, we, neither of us got a point. Again, it's dis- yeah. disappointed in it. It's still 3-2. We are, I'm not doing very well at all in this one. And like we said, move on to our next match. It's been an interesting build-up. Nyla Rose versus Hikura Shida. 
On the May 13th episode of Dynamite, Sheeda, who was the top of the rankings in the women's division, defeated Ford, Slatland and Britt Baker to win a four-way match, keeping them undefeated in 2020. It was then announced that Sheeda would challenge Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship at Double or Nothing. Backstage, in his interview, Rose attacked Sheeda with a kendo stick. It was then announced that their match would be a no-disqualification and no-count-out match. So, Dan, in this matchup, uh, it's my predictions to go, and I have gone for and still women's champion Nyla Rose. Yes, I too have gone for Nyla Rose, which means, James, the way tonight's going, Sheeda is going to win this. I mean, I don't want to make excuses for my predictions, but I do watch a lot of wrestling, but may I've not watched as much dynamite as maybe I have wanted to. But I know Nyla Rose, you know, is still new to being women's champion, and I think it's a successful title defence does make more sense. I don't know, you've been watching more Dynamite than I have, haven't you? Um, I've, I've been catching up with it. It's kind of uh, what I've been using to fall asleep, so I kind of watched the first half hour. So I watch probably either a Cody Rhodes match or um, Kenny Omega match, and then that's all I kind of see. <laughs> or a tag team match. Um, but, you know, it's again, it's something that's not been... As much focus as I'd like to see in All Elite Wrestling, the women's division. I mean, they have got a tremendous lot of talent there. But they're not displaying it the way I think they should. And, you know, the best thing about the women's talent is I couldn't tell you anyone that's come from WWE. That is actually true at the moment in time. Yeah, you're right. Bang on. You know, Britt Baker's been really, really impressive. Of course, Sheeda as well has been around and done that. And I mean, it's it's interesting times because, like I said, they do need to work more. I think Sheeda has been quite impressive uh, recent times in AEW. Uh, but I think, again, like I would say, with a champion, needs to deliver big matches. And again, it's a women's title match. Has it had the least build-up of all the other big matches? It, again, not having a go, but in NXT, they treat the women's match on the same level. They give it, you know, they dedicate time to it. Maybe this is a problem in AEW. I think, you know, this is one of the main problems, again, you know, with, uh, especially with the likes of what's going on in Impact, a woman champion um, in WWE. You know, you've had women main event in pay-per-views. You've had women having their own pay-per-views and kind of in AEW. They're kind of not given as much as a spotlight as, you know, say, other matches. And I think they deserve to be up there in the forefront, you know. I would class the women's title in AEW as the fourth-ranked title, you know, even after that god-awful TNT yeah, championship. Yeah, I think you're right. Whereas yeah. in NXT, you'd say it's top two. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And you might say even at the moment, it's the number one because of just the amount of talent that we've got. The same with AEW as well. You know, there's some people that we're not seeing, like B Priestley, who definitely deserve a chance, you know. But we've just uh, made their introductions, and Nyla Rose... It's got the uh, kendo stick in hand. And even looking at the title, I mean, I've got watches bigger than that fucking thing. It's like, meh, it's only women just chuck a little placard on a well, little the, belt. I don't mind the design of the world title. I think that's probably the best designed one, yeah. isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd give it that. But, you know, look, it's like, well, what metal have we got left over from the world championship? Let's just whack it on a belt and that'll do it. Well, Sheeda is 9-1 and one in 2020, and there's no doubt, you know, she's 13 straight wins to her name. And it's going to no, be... 13 straight weeks as number one contender. Oh, sorry about that. But she's got 13 wins as well in her career. And Nyla Rose there, looking on. Do you like what 
AWD, I mean, they kind of give them nicknames. You know, you've got the native beast, Nyla Rhodes, the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, the archer of infamy, Lance, Ar- you know. I, I, I don't mind it, and especially the records, like we've just seen there, Rose 7-1, and one, and she's held the title for 101 days. It adds a little bit of something, especially when you're building up to an event, and it means something during the show then, you know what I mean? That makes sense. But the rankings is here or there, you know, we could say it's a good idea, it's not a good idea. But, but then they kind of off the rankings when it suits them. Yes, I, I would agree with that, you know. But at this moment of time, in the women's, this is where it makes sense. And this is why it's working. Uh-oh, and Sheeda. Sheeda's got the kendo stick. Nyla Rose is calling for a timeout. Sheeda went for the shot, but Rose caught it. That's a tug of war with a kendo stick. You would have thought the slightly larger woman would be all over it. But it's kind of a, it was a bit of a 50-50 clothesline. Got the kendo stick back for Nyla Rose. Why's the referee wearing elbow pads? Is he going to drop an elbow on someone? Well, it might be difficult when he makes the count. As it might be difficult for Sheeda to even breathe now. There's a few shots from that kendo stick. And a huge slam now. And let's see if the woman, given time, can actually deliver in this one. So, keys to victory. What does Sheeda have to do if she wants to beat our pick in this matchup? Is it much the same as what Cody had to do against Archer? Pretty much, yeah. You know, it's the classic David versus Goliath, as we had in Cody versus Archer. You know, I think the uh, the smaller competitor, Sheeda, she needs to kind of capitalise on any mistakes that Nyla Rose makes and, you know, capitalise on them good. And when she is in control, use everything she can to put the bigger competitor down. You know, and it is a no-DQ match, so she needs to make the most of them rules. I think, you know, these rules will help her out more than they will help out Nyla Rose. Yeah. Because, you know... As we all well know, the smaller competitor does need a hand. Without a doubt, and she's fired up, you can see. And you're going with a big knee. And she's definitely concentrated, and that's the kind of good thing to see. It's now trying to maybe climb, but might be making a little bit of a mistake. You don't want to turn your back on a champion. Definitely not, no. She'd have got thrown into barricade, into the faces of uh, the enhancement talent, is it? I don't know. She's um, been loud all night. There's Rose now, looking at her. <coughs> And Rose just showing her power. There's no doubt she's got that. As Nyla's looking under the ring for, oh, a table. And, you know, as protocol dictates, once a table is in view, the match cannot end until said table has been used. (laughs) And a different one's been used. One's set up for a bit of blackjack ringside. Well, the chips and the cards there fell fall all over the place as Sheeta gets sent into it. And Rose looking vicious at the moment, just stabbing her with a chair. And I say, it's been a pay-per-view of... We've not really seen that many... I mean, the ladder match had a few, like I said, big bumps and, you know, tables. But it's not been that hardcore really. And this is maybe where it's going to help out the women's match. Where we've kind of... Even the Archer match kind of stayed more in-ring base kind of, didn't they? You know, you cut the big bumps. But maybe this would add a little bit of intrigue as uh, Rose looking to decapitate Sheeda. Indeed, yes. But, you know, from what I've seen from Nyla Rose, one can't help but compare her to a Nia Jack. So I just got to shut I think the fan went to try and run at Rose there. Uh, just because of her size. It's, you know, it's not just her size, but, you know, obviously a bigger competitor, they use their power moves. But, you know, if you're going to look at the likes of Piper Niven, Piper Niven can move in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wouldn't compare her to a Piper Niven style wrestler. But to a, a Nia Jax, even a Tamina Snooker, you know, they're kind of, they're slightly bigger women, right? So I'm going to have to just use basically power 
and it doesn't matter what talent I've got. But do you think people do that anyway? So do you think with someone like Shida, they look at and they'll compare her to a Kairi Sane or a Io Shai in that way and go, well, what, what are the similarities between the two? No, I, I would, again, you know, I see Shida, she's a completely different wrestler. She's got a completely different style to, you know, uh, Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, anyone like that. But, you know, um, again, it's not because, you know, there is visual comparisons. I mean, you know, it is just, look, you know, side slam. Yeah, yeah no, no. Big splash. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and just yeah. trying to, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I do see where you're coming <laughs> from and, you know, your points are valid. But, again, I believe, in my opinion, that, you know, you, you just say, right, copy and paste Nia Jax to an AEW roster. Oh, bang, Nyla Rose. You know, even a name, Nyla, Nyla Jax, Nyla Rose. <laughs> Fucking hell. There might be, you know, similarities in that way as Rose has just been dominating ever since she'd have been put through the table. Now look at the powerbomb. Shida reverses that into Hurricane Rana. Ooh. Running knee from Shida. She goes up top and drops an elbow. I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, uh... <laughs> the comparisons may be a there, but... As Shida now, she's tough. Tough as old boots, as JR would say. And maybe a mistake trying to suplex Rose. But Nyla reverses the suplex. Sheila gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble, sent over the top rope, crashing down to the mats. A big impact there as Sheila. Maybe this is going to help her just catch her breath back for a second. But Rose has been a constant here. You wonder what Rose has got planned. Throw Sheila into the steps. But a bad camera angle kind of uh, prevented us from seeing too much of what was going on. But Sheila turned it into a crossbody. And then I hit a, a running knee to the back of the head. Oh, my God. And she there just throws Rose over the barricade. And Vicky Graham making sure her phone doesn't get squashed. I don't mind the little sets around, though. Do you well, know like what I mean? The craps table. Yeah. The, uh, the slot machines. And little chips there. You know, we saw... I think they've, they've kind of added... They've done what they had to. And I mean, imagine with a crowd here. It would look even... Obviously, you'd probably have it in an arena. But it could yeah. look really, really impressive here. She there... Looking for a suplex, but Rose blocking it. Sheeta blocking Nyla Rose's attempt at a suplex onto the uh, chips as well. And a hip toss finally gets someone onto them chips. And again, I think Sheeta's kind of taking too long pandering to the dozens of people in the arena. Yeah, but she's building momentum now, looking for a big move. <laughs> well, fair enough to that one. She, oh. though, with a huge knee to Rose. Sends her over that massive oversized poker chip. Honey, I blew up the poker chip style one. Well, how heavily? At least weigh 100 pounds. At least 300 pounds. And she, to her credit, has been able to throw Rose around a lot in this matchup. And again, there could be another argument with, if you're a monster wrestler, how you get treated sometimes. But again, making it a competitive match. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of the same person that can't suplex her opponent but can throw her successfully over a barricade. Yeah, so it's a certain thing. Story continuance is nice. And now we've got the kendo stick. She's going to swing for the fences. And that is a home run hit. Right, the arm and Shida. Throwing Nyla Rose back into the ring. And again, a shot to the hip. Straight across the chest. Now one last one to maybe put it down (laughs) straight in the head. And Shida feels it now. Suplex. Rainbuster onto the kendo stick. Finally gets her up. Powers are over. But no, Nyla Rose managing to kick out. Uh. See that, you know, that is telling a good story. The way she's kind of attempted a few suplexes before. Unable to do so because of the weight, uh, because of like the, you know, the weight size build of her opponent. And then eventually, you know, after a lot of beating down, she can hit a suplex. That is what 
you know, that is a good bit. And it shows the power now of Nyla Rose because she just managed to get shoulder up at one what? after the damage and the running knee. So they're kind of saying, that, yeah, she's still got a lot in her, even though maybe her legs are gone. Can Sheeta take advantage? I've been very impressed with Sheeta in this matchup. Sheeta wading away with the lefts and rights. Just windmilling in now. But Nyla Rose recovers quickly. Power slam, but can't capitalise on it because she's spent so much energy. Must be difficult just to breathe now, especially when you're carrying extra weight. We talk about trying to be there, trying to get back into this matchup. Talk about longer it goes, the more it probably favours Sheeta. As we say that, Nyla Rose is the one that sits up and screams to get back into this. Sheeta's still laying flat on her back, unable to uh, get up and get into this fight. Nyla Rose looked like she was going out of the ring, but stopped in her tracks and went back into the ring. But now Rose got hold of Sheeta. I think she's forgotten her spot. <laughs> Hangs her up on the top rope. Oh no, Rose can't spring up, so goes to climb up top. Looking to put her away now. Got a huge knee to the back. Takes her down. And how the hell is Sheeta still in this matchup managing to kick out? Ah, well that knee drop to the back of the head. Certainly looks vicious. And now there's a the table. Earlier now it's coming into the ring. Rose looking to maybe put away Sheeda, retain the Women's Championship. And Sheeda's not moved. Or should Rose have taken advantage of that rather than going to set up a table? Or is it because maybe the respect she's got for Sheeda's toughness? Or is she playing possum? Well, that may be uh, what it is. Nyla Rose has got Sheeda up on her shoulders. Oh. Backslide from Sheeda. A back elbow from Rose. She's got to set up for a powerbomb. No, Sheeda drops to her knee. And again, Sheeda managed to fight off Rose, who's now precarious near the table. Clothesline from Rose, though, stops Sheeda in her tracks. Well, this could be it now. Powerbomb through the table. Oh. And Sheeda's spine splinters the table. Two. No. no. Sheeda just managing to kick out. Oh. Well, the toughness of Sheeda there, like we said, the heart and determination of a champion. She's got the spirit, but Rose now, looking to pick her up. Well, Death Valley driver and a kendo stick across the midsection. And again, three strikes with a kendo stick. Normally that would mean you're out. Sufferance. <laughs> She's softening the midsection. Now looking to go up. And then I was looking to put her away. But Sheeda manages to recover. Throws the kendo stick across the forearms of Nyla Rose. Stopping her from jumping off. And Sheeda with the strikes. Has not got a lot left in this one. But Rose in a precarious position. Sheeda looking for a suplex from the top. Oh, fucking hell. Fucking hell off the top. Going to cover. No, Nyla Rose getting the shoulder up at two. Two. Very impressive move, though. Well, now Sheeda calling for it. Looking to put her away. No, Nyla Rondo stick hitting the knee. But the forearm shot by Sheeda, and again. Bang, follows up with a shiny wizard. Well, going in for the cover. No, Rose at the last second gets the shoulder up at two. Two. And she'd have to use the kendo stick to get up. <laughs> Got to the sides of the head. That was a knockout blow there. Well, she's not going to go for the cover. She's going to pick her up. Go They're for in the a shining... seated position. Going to go for a shining wizard again. And hits its mark. Rose may be out. She'd have into the cover. One, One two, two, three. Wow. We have a new AEW Women's Champion. And that is... Hirakuru Shida, my God. What an interesting matchup that was. They they tried maybe two or three things in that one. I think some of it worked. 
did the finish feel a little bit flat? I think I think so. There's a couple of times like with a table in the ring as well. But again, credit to both women get given enough time and can show what the AEW women's division is all about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I don't think this was a bad match at all. You know, for some no DQ matches, they go over the top with weapons and accoutrement. But this, you know, there was one kendo stick, one table, and you know a few of the bits out of ringside. Uh, you know, it wasn't too much. It was focused more on wrestling, which is, you know, I kind of like that about a match. You know, even though there is a stipulation, stipulation, you don't have to abide by it. Without doubt, but we have a new women's champion, like we say, Shida, who has been in phenomenal form in 2020 and caps it off with a win at double or nothing. Points-wise, it means neither of us get another fucking point. Um, I, I, I don't know. I am really going to have to rethink my AEW approach. Uh, it's still 3-2, but there's two matches to go. Um, I think I know what's happening here. But Oh, I remember something that happened last year at the Double or Nothing. Moxley debuted, didn't he? Yes. He came in, beat the shit out of Omega. That reminds me. And speaking of that, that is our next match. It is the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. It's John Moxley. Versus Brody Lee. Or for WWE fans, that is Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper. What's been the build-up there? Well, on the May 6th episode of Dynamite, AEW World Champion John Moxley defeated Frankie Kazarian in a match. Moments later, members of the Dark Order attack Moxley, Kazarian and the latter's stable, SoCal. The Dark Order's leader, the exalted one, Mr. Brody Lee, then entered the ring and challenged Moxie to an AEW World Championship match, which he accepted and was scheduled for double or nothing. Yeah, so it's been weird that uh, since the Brody Lee's taken the AEW World Championship as his own from Moxley, is this a match you're excited for, Dan? Because like you said, it's Harper and Ambrose. You've seen it before. Do you want to see it again? Um, You know, again... Ambrose was my favourite member of the Shield. Harper was my favourite member of the Wyatt family. So, you know, they are, I think they're the most, the more talented wrestlers of their bunches. So, yeah, you know, it would be good to see them in a completely different environment and give them a bit more time. Well, let's see if they can in this one. So, in a match for the company where the the ranking matter, your match wins and losses, they don't matter in this match. Well, I mean, Brody Lee has made it a personal point against John Boxley, I suppose, in this one. Like I said, with the history, you can already see the security lined up. The Exalt one has the AEW World Championship, which does belong to Moxley. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if he wrestles like Luke Harper or if he's like Brody Lee. Like I said, this matchup maybe not been the biggest built, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, Prediction-wise, I have gone for and still AEW World Champion. John Moxley, Dan. I have gone for John Moxley as well. Oh, fuck it. All right, so only one difference then. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens this one. So, like I said, excitement levels for this out of 10. Where are you right now? Um, I'm about a seven and a half. I'm, you know, I, as I've said before, they were my favourite members of, you know, their respective stables. We've seen them in WWE. You know, these are two completely different kind of characters now. You know, you've got the kind of leader of the Dark Order going against kind of like the more unhinged lunatic fringe, John Moxley. Yeah, so what have you thought of Moxley? I know you've like, said a huge fan of Ambrose. How have you felt the last year has gone for Mox? I think he's done well, you know. You can kind of see he's uh, this is the character that he should have been in WWE, in my opinion. 
Um, you know, he's kind of like a, a lone wolf, stone cold Steve Austin style kind of character. You know, someone who he's not a face, he's not a heel. He just does what he wants. He marches to the beat of his own drum. Doesn't exactly he? that. Yeah, and you can kind of see shades of Austin in his way. But you know, obviously, there's a difference in his wrestling. There's a difference in his demeanor as well. Is he the biggest star that AEW have got? In my opinion, yes. In a, you know, in other people's opinions, I think, you know, they'd say Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho on what he's done in the past. But, yeah, I think John Moxley is the best signing that AW made. Well, it's interesting to think he is the champion now. Should this be the main event, though? Or, you know, is it right to be co-main next to, like I said, the uh, stadium stampede match that we got? Well, again, it should be the main event. But... When you've got the Young Bucks, who are executive executive vice presidents, and Kenny the Man Omega as part of the stadium stampede, then, you know, it's never going to be. Yeah, I don't know if Moxley is happy. I mean, he seems a lot happier, even in a weird way. He's more <laughs> angry than ever, uh, where he is creatively at this point in time. He seems more comfortable yes, that's in this position. Yeah. I think that's, that's bang on. He's more comfortable... I think Brody Lee, you know, it's taken. We, we wanted, we wanted to know the exalted one was. We all thought it was going to be Matt Hardy, and then Brody Lee comes along and becomes it. And I think he's done quite well uh, recently. I listened to him on the Jericho podcast. He's, he, you know, like I said he, he's he, up there. He gets it. It'll be interesting to see if he gets the time and space. But are too many people thinking this is Luke Harper versus Dean Ambrose, or is, you know, Moxley? I think's done enough now to be known as John Moxley. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it is. So it's John Moxley versus Luke Harper. Yeah, so now this is the performance that we go, shit, this is Brody Lee. This is, you know, Luke Harper as he has a go. He stole the AW World title 17 days ago on Dynamite. Yeah, and he's the third-ranked wrestler. You know, even though he's got a 5-0 and record, he's still the third-ranked competitor. So there's two other people. I think Cody Rhodes is above him. Obviously, he can't go for the AW World Championship. So, you know, there's someone at number two. Two, like he said, not, not, he's not a number one contender, but he's ever so confident in this matchup and security with the mask on, just separating these two at the moment. And Moxley looks to be psyching himself up. And 2020 singles wrestler for Moxley has been unbelievable as well. He has not tasted defeat 13 and 0, but as a champion, maybe he would expect that. Well, unless, of course, you're US or Intercontinental champion in um, WWE, then you lose every week, but. At least with the championships, I think they kind of dealt with quite well. Maybe the tag team's been a bit quiet recently, even though the tag team division is probably the biggest. But the AEW world title, is, it's felt special. And like I said, we've had Jericho's champion and Moxley, and now Brody Lee is going to try and take that away. Well, he's certainly got the power advantage as Moxley looking for a huge knee, but gets caught by the, uh, the exalted one. And it's a great position to find himself in, you know, when you talk about going for the AEW world championship. On your first pay-per-view is Moxley now. Caught mistake there by Lee. <laughs> Sends Lee into barricade and he kind of tried to use it to support him but ends up going straight for it instead. Wow. Suplex yeah. attempt from Moxley but gets reversed by Lee. About to say just like that and Lee turns the momentum here. And Moxley knows he's going to be in a fight but these two guys know each other relatively well. So maybe Lee thinks he can get to Moxley's head. My personal thoughts, I don't think you can with John Moxley. I think he's just wide differently to everybody else. And now Lee with a palm strike. You don't see it often. Raking the eyes. Gets Moxley back in the ring. And a lovely sent on over the top there by Lee. Showing that for a big man his size, he can actually move around the ring as well. 
Another just, suplex. And Lee just delivering a fair few suplexes. Well, Lee just showing his control at the moment in time and saying this is what he can do to the AEW World Championship. He wants people to join him in the Dark Order. And he's shown his dominance now over Moxley. Is that the uh, the marks of a good leader? You know, saying, look, I'm out there fighting the battle for the Dark Order. Join us. I think without a doubt you set the example, didn't you? As a leader, you give your best and you show everybody else alongside you. You bring them up to your level. And that's what Lee's trying to do. And, and Lee, a, fucking hell. And again, you know, I hate to kind of shit on this match, but it is another David versus Goliath. You know, you've got a smaller John Moxley who's going to presumably get beaten down majority of the match to come back and win it at the, at the last knock-ins. It's kind of weird that, you know, people say about, you know, different sizes and that. And like I said, the, the guys that we've seen tonight have been pretty big. You know, Lance Archer, uh, Brody Lee, of course, Brian Cage in the, in the first match-up. And it has been you kind of, a bit like that, but this match has been a bit more competitive than maybe Cody and Archer was in that way. As both men are trading. You've already seen the suicide dive from Moxley and then Lee showing he can fly as well. And I think something that's underrated in him. Yeah, but, you know, again, it's something that you would expect from Moxley to get a bit of offence in, being the world champion, you know, being undefeated in 13 matches as well. You know, it, is, it kind of wouldn't be as good as storytelling if it if it was Brody Lee. Well, Lee there just tossing the table to the librarian. Why? What? He wasn't happy about what they were doing. And he sent Moxley head first. And now he's got an idea. He's trying to pick him up. Oh, my God. Oh, and sends Moxley back first onto the barricade that was appropriately positioned uh, at a diagonal slant on another barricade. Oh, a damn suplex, wasn't it? Just bending that. You can see the metal there getting twisted. And I think when you go steel versus bone, I think steel's going to win. Now that's a good point there as well by Excalibur saying that the right elbow was the one that's got surgery, but the left one is the one that got injured now. Looks like Harper. So Harper, so there you go. Lee going for the clothesline. Moxley managing to block it. Now these two men trading off, like I said, for the biggest prize in AEW. So Brody Lee, is that um, Jason Lee and Brody in Clerks? I think that's where he got his name from. That'd be quite cool. I mean, that's what you see. He was, he was that before he was obviously Harper in WWE. He's come back to that now. But I said the Brody Lee catch is something completely different to Luke Harper at this point. You can just see the confidence again. We talk about being comfortable. The confidence in Lee at this moment in time with his promos and now in this matchup. So do you think um, Brody Lee is too confident? I mean, you know, there's no members of the Dark Order here at ringside. Well, at the moment, I don't think he feels that he needs it. And I think that is the confidence you say. As Moxley there with a pile driver on Lee. And he might have it now, but no. Shoulder up at two. And Moxley can't believe a pile driver didn't put him away. And I think that's been the story of the match so far. We've seen Lee maybe have the advantage. But Moxley pulls out the big move. Manages to swing momentum as Lee on the outside. Double X handles smash across the back of Lee. So is this just a straight up match? There's no kind of... You're allowed outside as much as you want. You're allowed to use any weapons. I think for the AEW World title, they might have given them some leeway, considering what Moxley is all about as well. Of course, we want. I think we want to see, and I think we have seen in AEW, the pay-per-views give them credit, clean finishes and near enough every single one of their matches. So I'd rather have that than them going, oh, it's going to be counter. You see the referee out there saying to Mox, come on, son, what are you doing? Rearranging the furniture. Oh, oh well, both men going for running drop kicks. Uh, I think Brody Lee came off better on that one than Moxley did. 
Well, those stairs at Moxley put there low, coming into use as uh, looks like Lee is climbing in with Moxley in hand. And he's got something horrible planned here for John Moxley. Looks like a powerbomb throw, but Moxley's doing his best to fight out. Oh. Backdrop off the steps onto the table. Oh, my God. I don't know what broke his fall, but he had the chairs. And Moxley sent him down. And Moxley looks tired in this one, but he's still concentrating. He knows how dangerous Brody Lee is. Oh, my God. And you see the bump Lee took right onto those chairs. Sickening bump. And the lower back. And Moxley saying he means business. Moxley putting a few knees in. Then you can smell blood with the leader of the uh, Dark Order. There's no doubt Moxley, you know, his moveset. We wouldn't call it basic as such, but it's all impactful moves, even like the knees and the shots. You don't see him taking a lot of risk, but he's going up top. Brody Lee managing to cut him off. You see those palm strikes as well. And what's he got planned up here? So Brody Lee, he's got um, exceptional recovery skills. Oh, he's recovered quickly to look into superplex. Moxley takes him off the top. Moxley rolls through, though. Gets the cover. No. Only a two count. Two. Well, there's no doubt Lee is a monster as he gets sent to the outside again. He's off top, but gets caught. <laughs> Back suplex into the cards. Well, there we go. Right into the... Uh, Every little bit of the arena they've gone round to and just started destroying it as he sends Moxie into the cards of himself, which I'm sure he admires. Ten made real cards. He thought the real cards and he takes them off. Scoop slams Moxley onto the card. And Brody Lee means business. And there's just a completely different feel to him in this matchup than it has been for such a long time. He must have the adrenaline run around him as well. He goes in the ring to catch his breath. There's no doubt this has been a battle so far. Do you think it's the case at the moment that Brody Lee just wanted to hurt Moxley rather than just beat him for that championship? Well, at the moment, it's been uh, Brody Lee holding the title. So, I think John Moxley feels like he's a challenger at the moment. Well, maybe that's what Lee's made him feel these past couple of weeks. But the straps are down. Brody Lee means business now. Moxley slowly making his way in. And we've seen this before from him. Calling his shot on Mox. And again, taking too long, too long pandering. Moxley's managing to get the standing switch, but gets caught with a couple of elbows, followed up by a big boot from Brody Lee. And he just follows through that boot, unlike most people do. And now Powerbomb! Set out Powerbomb into a cover. No! But just a two count. Two! But Moxley can't believe... I'm sorry, I'd say Lee can't believe that Moxley managed to get out of that one. We know how tough Moxley is. We've seen it in AEW already. Maybe Brody Lee underestimated him a little bit. <laughs> well, Moxley's certainly psyching himself up as he pulls himself to his feet in the corner. The JR says a recharging of the batteries from both, but it looks like maybe Moxley hasn't got anything left. He stands up, then immediately collapses, rolls out of the ring. Looks like he's walking out of here. There's no doubt these two have taken out of each other. Have they struggled to get to the feet? Lee now struggling to move. But you'd think that one big move might finish him off now as Moxley... Throws <laughs> a huge casino chip at Lee. I think Lee had a chip on his shoulder. Well, now he's going to have one on his face again if Moxley has his way. No. Blocked with a kick. And they're on the stage here. When Moxley drops to a knee as Brody was looking to powerbomb him. Somewhere not very nice. Well, Lee, that's where you're going to go. But, like you said, not great landing. And now again, Moxley holding on for dear life. Kick to the midsection. And now he's got Brody on the stairs. Paradigm shift through the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. Now we can see his feet. Oh, both men disappeared. Oh, my God. Well, the thing is with Lee, he went head first all the way down there. But I think with Moxley, his head might have hit that too before. Placed there by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. My God, and the impact of both men. Trainers, referees, EMTs, EMTs down. down. 
checking on this, and this might be ruled a no contest here. Oh, he's going to climb out first. Looks like Moxley. The referees are putting their gloves on, so it looks like there's blood. Well, Moxley somehow gets into the ring after that impact, but here comes Lee. And Lee is busted wide open, and that looked good. And But he somehow still managed to climb out the hole after that impact. We've oh, seen indeed. matches in ECW, I remember, with Taz. They had to end it afterwards, but now these two men crawling out. Looks like Lee's going to try and finish with a clothesline. No, Moxley. Paradigm shift. Into the cover, but no, Lee out at one. One. And now Moxley right in with the elbow strikes. Biting his face, elbow in. And you can see the blood on Moxley's face is from Lee. Just knees and knees again. Paradigm shift. Drops him on his head, goes for the cover. No, Brody Lee again managing to kick out. Uh Well, I don't know how Brody Lee is still in this matchup as Moxley is taken to another level. And now he's got the choke in, rear naked choke. And now he's got him caught. And Lee, slowly in life, draining from the exalted one. Referee calls for it. Moxley retains his title. Well, John Moxley is still your AEW World Champion after a complete war with Brody Lee. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I mean, um, certainly, again, this is a bit like the Lance Archer thing. They build someone out to be a complete monster, only to have him lose to the babyface. Um, you know, even in the Nyla Rose match as well, it was a very similar thing. You know, you've got someone built up, built up, built up, monster, monster, monster. And then, you know, the the David of the story gets the victory. But I think as a match, this was fantastic. You know, when you look at it as what it was for like a 15-minute brawl around, again, it shows this is Bros Lee now. It's no longer Luke Harper. This had no right to be as good as it was, you know. And, and I think we saw it, and especially could talk about like the big moments in the match with the stage falling through and coming out. I think out of everybody, you know, Bros Lee, yes, he's lost tonight. But I think out of everybody who lost, he comes out probably the best because the amount it took to put him away. But I think, as you put it, you know, it was a brawl. It wasn't a wrestling match. It wasn't, you know, you weren't getting great manoeuvres. It was just two blokes kicking the absolute shit out of each other. Oh, we saw a few, you know, like I said, but even like the kind of the lead bump he took on the chairs, just showing his kind of commitment to the cause, you know, and I think these two men definitely brought it. And, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a rematch between two. And I think the hardcore edge of it gives it something different that we don't maybe see a lot in WWE or NXT nowadays. But what can we see from these two guys? Because, you know, it was it was a bit of a hardcore match, so you can't really see, like, a, an ODQ match. It was a bit of a kind of last man stand. You know, Moxley had to rear naked choke Brody Lee out. So, you know, you can't kind of see a last man standing match. Well, maybe last man standing, but not yet. Like I said, we know now, obviously, with Cage winning the, the casino ladder match, he's going to be the next number one contender to John Moxley. I think Brody Lee might have a good shout at actually taking that title off him. Cage or Moxley, you know, is another argument. But at this moment in time, Moxley, like I said, he's the biggest AEW star. So when he loses it, he needs to give it to someone to build them up as well. So that'll be interesting to see what they do there. I, I enjoyed it, you know, like I said, this new Moxley is motivated and he's delivering in ring, you know, and it's what we're seeing that has been different. Again, and, you know, on the other hand, you got Seth Rollins, who's kind of like the um, the Messiah, yeah. which is you know, two completely different casting, contrasting characters. But I think with Moxley's, it's working, whereas Seth's definitely... Well, I think at the moment, AEW is definitely working because, like I said, I think the pay-per-view has been really good so far, and especially after that match. And of course, we've still got a huge main event to come. 
And it is a stadium stampede match. And the build-up, Dan, well, Chris Jericho's in a circle faction. has been going at it with Elite ever since All Elite Wrestling first launched back in October. Looks like the battle between the pair culminate right now in the main event. After beating Pineapple Pete on Dynamite, Jericho cut a promo alongside Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana Nutisi, saying that Street Fight victory over Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy was only the beginning. He challenged the group to a stadium stampede match, which will take place inside the TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville, the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars NFL franchise at this event. Vanguard 1 flew down to the ring to accept for the group. Jericho then jokingly offered it an invitation to join the group again, only to beat it to pieces with a black baseball bat named Floyd. Well, Hardy then ran down to pick up the pieces. Drone was clearly beside himself. Pieces Vanguard 1 has become by Floyd and the rest of the inner circle. Well, with Cody preoccupied by his TMT championship match that he won earlier with Lance Archer, all signs point to the elite being represented by Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks and Hart. The two factions were originally supposed to meet inside AEW's first War Games match dubbed Blood and Guts back on March 25th, but the match had to be cancelled due to the ongoing coronavirus. Yeah, so again, we're going to see, I guess, a cinematic... Cin- I can never say that word properly. Cinema- I don't even know how to say the word. It- Synonymous. No, cinematic. Cinematic. I don't even know if that's the correct way of saying it. But like I said, that's what we're kind of seeing more, especially from WrestleMania with a kind of graveyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. And of course, NXT is talking about they're going to do it. I guess we're going to see it. Right now, uh, prediction-wise, Dan, it's your prediction. Who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for the Elite. And I, too, have gone the Elite, which means, Dan, you get the AEW pay-per-view point. We are level one all now. My first AEW pay-per-view point. And here we go to the stadium. We see the cheerleaders. Of course, all socially distancing. And wearing mummy in a circle. Chris Jericho. I mean, are you looking forward to this match? It should be really interesting, I think, what they're going to do. Yeah, I think it should be fun. Again, you know, I am kind of hoping it's going to be something along the lines of uh, what we've seen in WWE as late, you know, the uh, the Boneyard match, something similar to that. Uh, hopefully it can be just as entertaining as they are. Right, Dan, we're getting the introductions now. Santana coming out and the kind of NFL football players. They're dressed up as such as well. You can see the smoke and fire. Here comes Ortiz. And they're playing Judas in the background. Yes. And here comes the guy. You've changed your opinion of the Spanish god Sammy Guevara recently as well. Uh, you know, again, I still think he's a bit of a dick, but his in-ring ability, it is good. Well, there we go. The inner circle out here. What are your thoughts on the inner circle? What do you think they've been like the past year? Um, it's a mismatch of a team. It is a bit of a mismatch, yeah. You know, Santana Ortiz, you know, formerly LAX. I enjoyed them in Impact. Chris Jericho, again, you know, he's someone that, has kind of evolved with the times. He is getting a bit old. He is getting a bit past it, but he's still kind of bringing it and delivering it, you know, and he is still main event in pay-per-views. Yeah, where, As in WWE, he would be just on the kickoff show. Yeah, I mean, that'd be... Well, for argument's sake, we're going to see now. Here comes the Elite. The Young Bucks coming out here, Nick and Matt Jackson. See, I'm, I, again, I don't really... They annoy me. Well, the Young Bucks annoy you. Uh, Oh, I like the Young Bucks. We saw them live. They're a great tag team. Yeah, I know. They're, you know, they're a great tag team, but they still annoy me. <clears throat> He's just overrated. And Kenny Omega coming out here. I mean, I know we, we everybody knows, like anybody listening to the podcast knows that you kind of looked at, not looked down on AEW, but you, you're always harsher on it than you are 
other events. And I think, like you said, it has a lot to, more to prove to you than, it, you know, the other way around. So I completely understand that. Whereas I just sit here and just try, you know, like I said, we can enjoy it. And also, you know, like I said, talk about it and try to get an opinion. And we're not just shitting on AEW, of course, cause, because we're fucking watching it. And we're fans of it. As, you know, that's what we try and come across on Twitter and say. Anybody can have an opinion about anything, really. And it's as simple as that. As we see Matt Hardy coming out here. And, of course, since he's uh, joining AEW, he's been on the elite side. And I'm just waiting for him to turn. I want him to see him delete the elite. But I've, I guess we are going to see that hopefully down the road. Well, Hangman Adam Page was supposed to have entered, but he's uh, he's not about. And it's good. We go. Both teams just running at each other. A stampede. There is a ring in the middle of the uh, football pitch. And the elite are a man down at the moment. Uh, Hangman Adam Page hasn't shown up. But Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho square enough. It's not the first time we've seen these two guys going at it. Well, these two got problems because what Jericho did to Vanguard. And I think it might help the inner circle that they have protective headgear on. Jake Hager now is just going to only attack. Kenny Omega's getting beaten up with an American football. Ed will hurt. And Matt and Nick Jackson in a little bit of trouble. Guevara just playing quarterback at the moment. And like I said, without the um, the virus, we would never have a match like this. We would never see, you know, anything like this. It's just been kind of been a normal, you know, blood and guts match, whether it was kind of war games. I mean, this is something different. And it is enjoyable, you know, to just sit back and watch it. Again, this is something that I'd prefer to see as opposed to kind of another rip-off. I mean, we've already seen a ladder match. Yeah, but WWE don't own a ladder match, do they? No, I know, but it's a ladder <laughs> so... match for a shot at the title. Yeah, but again, like... I know they don't own the concept, but it's <laughs> kind of like, you know, at least wait until a few months after money in the bank. Uh, when's their pay-per-view? So it's their time of year, is it? Maybe, maybe it's just a big coincidence. So is this the WrestleMania of AEW? Um, I don't know. I don't know. They was talking about that for the, the last show they did as well, so maybe everyone... It's kind of like a WrestleMania. I don't think there's a, a standout event yet. Oh. Wait a minute. Well, Hangman Page has finally made his entrance and he's tracking down Sammy <laughs> Guevara, much like they did in the golf cart. <laughs> and Sammy is hot on his heels. And he's getting bad memories from that. And Guevara there makes it home. Wow, that's quite quick from Sammy. And he just kept on running. Matt Hardy and Hager going at it. Finally got a bit of action in the ring. That's Page now. I mean, it's great to see. If you had told me in 2020 we would have seen a wrestler on a horse main event in the pay-per-view, I wouldn't have believed it. And that's like AEW do that no one else would. Yeah, that is certainly unique. Again, you know, and this whole match, it is unique. Not quite sure what the rules are for it. I, yeah, I, we again, we should have caught up with Impact on that one. I'm, I apologise. I think... Dynamite. Uh, Impact Dynamite. It's the same thing to me, really. It's Impact. I watch Impact. That's quite good. But Dynamite, again, can be entertaining. I guess it's not elimination. Or maybe it is. Now we've got the Young Bucks in there. Going against Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz. Looking for super kicks, but get blocked off. Nick gets double teamed by Santana and Ortiz. And has Matt got a target already? Because he's wearing the... He's got the... Um, the ribs taped. That's just going to ask for trouble in a match like this. Well, it certainly is a bullseye. It's bombed into cover. No. Sits up but gets a kick to the face. Omega's in. And Omega taking out Ortiz. Snapdragon on Santana. And then Big Hurt Jake Hager in. But Matt catches him. Side effect. Jericho with a code breaker. And Sammy now safe. Well, he's evaded the horse. Well, Sammy's done more running than wrestling in this match so far. <laughs> the cheerleaders chanting Sammy. And the inner circle going to win this now. 
Looking for a shooting star press, but Hardy rolled out the way. It's enough time for the other guys at ringside, the rest of the elite, to kind of uh, get their bearings. And now Matt Jackson's going to try and put him away with a power bomb. Buckle bomb with a kick from Omega and his brother. Oh, twist of fate. I think Sammy wishes he got caught by that horse now. He'll be dreaming of horses until he wakes up. And now Omega. Looking for the V-trigger. No, Jericho sweeps his legs. Omega's not been too bad, really. Do you know that? Talk about all the uh, the members here. My God. That was beautiful. My Nick Jackson flying in. But Hager, you know, he's just kind of settled in, doing his stuff. And Santana now. Well, I think with Hager is because he hasn't kind of been put into the spotlight, he's kind of, it's been slightly avoided. Yeah. You know, he's been he, in the forefront. Well, Santana took them all out, and now is it Guevara's turn? Clarence O'Connor, but again, you know, you can see they're, they're all waiting for it. Well, they're all brawling round there. Jesus Christ. Shooting, shooting star. star lands <laughs> on pretty much everyone at ringside. I do like the, what they've done with the stadium. I like the AEW logo on the grass as well. That's cool. A lot of stuff has been done really well tonight, especially with the production. There's only been a couple of dodgy camera angles. Obviously, this has been edited. That makes sense, doesn't it? You know, let's, let's, not, be, yeah. let's not be silly about it, as Matt Hardy's using his helmet. Hardy gets a trash can to the back. What's happened to Adam Page then? Did he just go from one end of the stadium to the other? I think he's he... backstage looking for Sammy. I don't ah. think he realises. Either that or he's having a beer somewhere. Yes. That's maybe one thing with the tag team title's not kind of been looked at. Oh, my word. Knitting Matt Jackson sent into the goalposts. And it has been all in a circle for the past five minutes or so. And you can see Jericho's experience. He's got this team doing exactly what he wants. There's a ladder coming out to play as well. Nick Jackson tearing off on Sammy Guevara. <laughs> throws him onto the back of Jericho. Nice suplex. And now a ladder being set up. And they're near the goalposts. And the goalposts are apparently at least 10 feet high, Dan. At least 12 foot up. So that's a 12 foot ladder. And he's going all the way up now, so he's at least 15 and a half feet up. He might not be secure, but he's on top. It's good. <laughs> it's all good. Well, touchdown there. Moonsault takes him out. Go for the cover. To No, Jericho managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Omega's beating on Ortiz with a cone. Well, we're in the penalty box. I think they've been, they've been in trouble on this one. Well, Matt risking it all. Now we're going into the stands now. Omega, Santana, Ortiz and Hardy all there. A cone comes into play. It's a cone smashed onto his arm. <coughs> Omega hang out to dry and a double axe handle smash from Santana onto the back of Kenny. And Omega's going to get Irish whipped. And now Hager showed up as well and the action's going in. Page still backstage looking for Sammy. Look how well trained that horse is as well. Page got his tag team turtle around his waist. Oh, well, we've got to get off the horse once every once in a while. And the horse listens to him as well. They've got a beautiful relationship. <laughs> and Paige going into East Club Lobby. As Hardy's getting beaten up the stairs by Proud and Powerful. They pull out their socks. And I said socks, James. And they've got big socks in their hands. Working over Omega as well. And maybe this is best suited for the inner circle. Omega managing to turn the tide just for a second. Sent Ortiz into some bins. Santana's tearing off on Hardy. But Kenny Omega's coming from behind with their sock. Don't know what's in their sock. That could be anything. A sock and ball. So, balls and socks. Scoop, slam onto the bin. Omega checking on Hardy. He said he's all right. Now he's got the barricade. <laughs> sent it up between two, well, tables. And this could be bad now. Omega's got something planned. Ortiz there saving the day and throwing what looks like, what, salt in the eye. Well, a bit of salt or something. 
I'll throw it with his left shoulder, otherwise it's bad luck. Now Santana and Ortiz, double face first suplex to Kenny. Onto that barricade on two tables. They don't look like they're finished yet. I tell you what, these two guys might be the most impressive ones at the moment in this matchup. They got Omega in all sorts of trouble. Oh no. Powerbomb. Oh Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they folded that barricade in half. Wow, well, the steel broke, head snapped on concrete, and that might be a mega Matt Hardy's back with a sock with a couple of baseballs in it, tearing off on Santana and Ortiz. But every time it looks like the Elite might get back into this, this is Santana and Ortiz cutting them off. <laughs> there is a wheelchair there. And it's got some gaffer tape on the seat of it. That's kind of appropriate, isn't it? I don't think they're going to use it, surely. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. I think I'm going to take Hardy for a swim. The pull right there. Hardy's going to go for a swim. And there's Hardy. Let's, I hope it's not the Lake of Reincarnation. It's a pool of reincarnation would make more sense. And now they're going in. And Paul Santana's using a ladder. But he can't swim, James. <laughs> that is brilliant. It's only three foot deep. Oh, my God. Well, you've got some pixiglass there. They're going to drown him. They're going to drown Matt Hardy. We're going to see it here live on pay-per-view. Oh, <laughs> he's reincarnated into his old self <laughs> it's team extreme Matt Hardy oh no now he get drowned again <laughs> <laughs> he's underwater extreme no it's Matt version 1 and no. Matt can hold his breath for 346 seconds <laughs> and here he is <laughs> hey version 1 and Santana was saying, I never thought I'd laugh this much in a wrestling match. This is brilliant. <laughs> he's posing underwater. I mean, he's still a brilliant character. Oh, they might have done the job now. He's <laughs> not moving. He's alive. And he throws Santana Ortiz in the pool. Well, that might be one of my favourite things I've ever seen in wrestling at this moment in time. Matt Hardy is still alive. Well, which version of Matt Hardy? Well, he can't swim, but he's going to be saved. They're saying that Santana and Ortiz must pay for their transition trans yeah, for what they've done to Vanguard. Thanks, Dan. Input. <laughs> Transgressions of Vanguard. And Ortiz now sat on the table, and they're not done with him yet. Oh my God, Matt he Hardy backdropped Santana into Ortiz across the table. Well, Matt just took out both men, and what else can he do? Oh my God, there's a bell there. He's not going to ring his bell. <laughs> no, he's just going to deafen him. <laughs> Great selling there. And now the wee- wheelchair comes into play. No, James, it's the chair of wheels. And he's got the uh, tape. <laughs> he still can't hear anything. And Matt just strapping him in. <laughs> Take one of these and call me in the morning. Oh, but Santana, though, with the uh, slippery and wet sign. Hardy responds with a bin to the midsection. And Matt Hardy... <laughs> As Ortiz is trying to wheel himself along in the chair of wheels. Uh-oh, Santana got a plan for Matt Hardy. Now Matt saves himself. Sends Santana face them back first into the ice machine. Opens the door <laughs> and just crams him in there. Yep, just shut him in there. And a little bit of broom and he locks him in. There we go. I wonder what the other guy's up to. Hager looking for Paige now. Oh. Well, he's in the horse. The horse with no name. Doesn't like Hager. No. But that's where Paige went last time. Yeah, well, that's where I'd expect to find Paige in a bar. He was drinking. Here comes Hager. Paige asking Hager if he came in to fight or drink. Drinking. 
Hager has a shot and then they're fighting. <laughs> but now Hager's got his cage. Throws him over the pool table. Snaps the pool cue over the back of Hager, who just stands up. Well, it didn't hurt him, and now he's going to send him over to bar. No, Paige saves himself. Nice. That's very innovative from Paige. Uh-oh, but Paige gets caught. This could be the end. Oh. Uranagi onto the pool table. Oh, a huge impact there. Onto the table of pool. And there was no give whatsoever. Hey, you're just picking up Paige with ease. Places him chest first on the bar. <laughs> Go on. And he is, isn't he? Hager's got it in place. <laughs> yes, he throws him across all that. Onto the wine and the food. And that's going <laughs> to piss Paige off, all them drinks being spilt. Imagine slow motion of that, just like food going flying everywhere. When you see it in films, it works in real life. Uh-oh. Gut wrench powerbomb through the table into a cover. One, two... No, Paige managing to kick out. Oh, credit to Paige there. Managing to get the shoulder up at that point. That's how Hager won the world title once upon a time. He beat his... Uh, <laughs> he beat the leader of the uh, in the circle, Jericho. And here comes Omega. He's going to help out his friend now. Oh, my God. A glass smashed over the head of Big Hurt. I think that was a he bo- just shakes it off. That was a bottle as well. That's even sicker. Well, a second one from Paige. Third from Omega. Please don't try this at home. Page. Another bundle of bubbly. (laughs) Fifth, but Hager is refusing to go down. A huge knee to the face of Hager. Still knee trigger. Still not knocked down yet. Buckshot lariat across the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Now Page goes back to serving. Wow. A milk for Page. A whiskey for Omega. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong way round. Well, Omega likes to keep fresh. Got milk. And Hager might be out of this. We're back on field now. With Guevara and the Bucks. I don't know, just Bucks coming <laughs> Yeah, just waiting, yeah. Well, Matt is in serious trouble in the midsection, but still fighting well. And Guevara, impressive there. Nice exchange on the field. Well, both catching each other's super kicks. German suplex attempt, but Guevara lands on his feet. Sammy comes running lights. in. Gets caught. Second, rolling through. Third. It should do that all the way up the field. <laughs> I think that's what their intentions are. They're just going to cut it and push you further along the field. Oh, my God. And into one of the fans there. The air fencing fans, not a fan. Not like a woo. Or oh, Jericho there. Like a yard marker. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's working his way up the field. He's gone 50 yards already. <laughs> Chris Jericho on a megahorn. Well, Jericho, the megaphone saying, you stupid idiot, should have stayed at home. We managed to fight back. <laughs> Football to Jericho, another one. <laughs> Pelting in with balls. <laughs> and Jericho selling it, and that one went, and it went low. Oh, now Jericho going to get sent into the Jaguar head. No! The Jaguar. And what the hell is this Jackson doing? <laughs> well, the mascot got the Judas effect. <laughs> well, that knocked him out. How the hell are they still going up the field as well? That is crazy. <laughs> Jericho, what the wicked witch. I think it's caught a super kick into a net. Goal! Oh, sent into the side, but Jericho and Floyd dropped down into his hands. Baseball bat on an American football field during a wrestling match. <laughs> Go for the cover, but no, man, should to kick out. Ah. Well, Jericho's challenging the call. He wants to see a replay. And Aubrey Edwards happy to oblige. We're going to see a replay. No, that wasn't a free. <laughs> Jericho's not happy. Edwards. And how can they do it? No, Matt. End zone to end zone. 
100 yards. And then touchdown with Sammy's head. That is brilliant. See the end zone dance. Oh. And a ref ate a super kick because he gave him a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. That's unsportsmanlike conduct there. The table there with Jericho seems to be in control of this one. Looks like a win for his team. And Nick's going to get the baseball bat. Oh, Matt's saving his brother. Oh, Matt's got Floyd. Now Matt choking out Jericho. Where's he going? Well, Nick's running up the stairs. Well, Nick's... Well, Jericho comes charging down. Here he comes, and I don't know what he's got planned. Oh! <laughs> and a splash there. Took out Jericho. A dash and splash. Through the table. Oh, my word. And Paige's got the line mark. It just goes over Jericho. <laughs> I know the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Jericho down. Oh, and Sammy John Agrawl back home. Literally. There's no place like home. Click your heels together. <laughs> oh, he's laid on a sprinkler. That's woke him up. Straight to the face a couple of times, but he's awake. So a member of uh, Proud and Powerful... Is in the ice machine. Another one has been strapped to the chair of wheels. Jericho's been out and line markered. Jake Hager's been buckshot V-triggered over a bar. And Jericho's been line markered. Sammy Guevara is the only person still standing. And I think he realises that now here come Matt and Kenny Omega on a golf buggy. <laughs> More flashbacks for Sammy. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. Sammy, get your skates on. <laughs> Sammy's on the run. Well, the referee fair play to him. No, he can't do much more. Oh, Sammy got safe. The Magra Matt Hardy go chasing him. Well, I think the whole elite is now kind of cornering Guevara. And Sammy now getting on the stage out of the way. Managing to kick Omega for a second. And Guevara again with a shot getting Matt Hardy. And he's choking him. And he's got the elite. He's got the inner circle's hopes in his hands. Neo won. Not Vanguard won. Neo won. It's a V-trigger. Oh, my God. Omega's got Guevara up on that stage. One winged angel. Oh. Crashing through a stage. Fucking hell. Falling all the way down. Aubrey Edwards looks to check. Omega's got the pin. Omega gets a win. My God. What a finish. (laughs) What a fucking fall that was. I mean, honestly, that was legitimate, about 20 foot down. At least 25 foot down. Uh, Unbelievable. What are your thoughts on that match, Dan? Um, It was certainly a lot different to uh, what I was expecting. Very enjoyable. Fancies, you know, they weren't taking themselves too seriously, which is, you know, I think it's a good thing, especially in a match of this calibre, with the talent of this calibre as well. Um, Yeah, very enjoyable yeah, very enjoyable, fun, and uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, a lot going on. Celebrations there for Omega. Get a phone What a wonderful experience. I think it might be wonderful. my, my favourite match this year that we've seen. I, I've never laughed so much. Like, don't get me wrong, Orange Cassidy and you know others like that make you laugh. But that just had it all, especially like the kind of Matt Hardy moment in the swimming pool was hilarious and the stuff at the bar. Just everything really, really worked for me. I'm really, really cracking with that. 
Uh, means we both get a point. Doesn't matter anyway because it ends 5-4 with Dan winning to get the AEW point. Uh, but what a match and what a night it's been. AEW, full of criticism from Dan and everybody else. You know, this has been a really, really good pay-per-view. Uh, and a great ending with the Elite with the fireworks in the background. Dan, what are your thoughts on the pay-per-view? Actually, we'll get onto that in a bit. We'll run through the card first, actually. That would be the right right way of doing things. Uh, and we'll start off with the um, buy-in, which is Private Party versus Best Friends. Again, a good tag team match to start us off. I gave that a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I gave that a three and a half out of five as well. Yeah, and then the main show started with a casino ladder match. The casino ladder match, again, there was moments where they was make, waiting for spots and kind of, you know, you could see it was going to be a spot after a spot. It wasn't terrible, though. I gave that a f- three and three quarters out of five. I gave that a four out of five. I think for Darby Allen's kind of the bump off the ladder that he hit, the surprise with Brian Cage and him getting the victory. And I think everybody in that match, maybe apart from Colt Cabana, didn't had a chance to shine. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if that's the way I saw it, but I think that's... That's the way, and I think the right guy won in the end, you yeah. know. Uh, I gave that a four out of five. Then we had MGF versus Jungle Boy. I gave Boy. a four. You already gave it yours, didn't you? Yeah. Stop trying to change your score. Uh, MJF versus Jungle Boy. Uh, great matchup for some. Maybe a bit too long in my eyes, and MJF be so you know competitive with Jungle Boy in itself. But Jungle Boy impressed me. I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, just MJF was in, I gave it a three and a quarter out of five. And then we had Cody versus Archer for the inaugural TNT champion. Again, there was parts in that match that didn't quite make 100% sense. You know, the the walking across and you can see they're kind of delaying bits and pieces here and there as well. You know, with the uh, uh, Jake the Snake getting involved. And it's like, oh, really? What what, What are you playing at? You know, just attack him. Uh, Why a face would need his manager to get involved in the match as well. You know, that kind of, it's, it's like, what what's going on? Um, but it wasn't a terrible match, you know, and it was a good part of the David versus Goliath storyline. What was your score? My score was three and three quarters out of five. Exactly the same as mine. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on all that lot. Uh, and then we had um, Ford versus Statlander. Again, simple matchup for what it was. Would it be here for it breaking so soon? No, it wouldn't have done. Uh, again, three out of five for me with that one. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Three out of five for me. Uh, Spears versus Rhodes up next. Um, <laughs> well, for Rhodes to get the victory over a young upstart like Spears, I think that was the wrong call. Uh, to get the victory over him in a relative squash match as well, definitely the wrong call. Um, you know, a loss wouldn't have affected Rhodes. It would have elevated Spears. Um you know, but for what it was worth, you know, Rhodes, he did pull it out. He he kind of, he did annihilate Sean Spears. Yeah, I, I, again, I wasn't really happy with the kind of the way Spears was treated. What was your score on that one? Uh, three and a quarter. I'm going to give that a uh, three out of five. I'd swear happy. Sheeda versus Rose. Again, this pleasantly surprised me, actually. Yeah, uh, both women tried it. And Sheeda's got something about it. It is. But I was on board with her. And, and winning the championship, I think it's going to be an interesting journey to see where she goes. As for Rose, there's a lot of work left to do. But the match wasn't too bad, though, was it? No, it wasn't a terrible match. Uh, again, it was... Uh... Another part of the David Goliath story. I've, I've used that quite a lot tonight, so you I'm going to refrain from using it anymore. You're going to get so much hate for AEW fans. 
Jones. Um, yeah, I gave it three and a half out of five. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, three and a half out of five for me as well. Moxley. Um, I thought this again was a great match for these two guys, especially when you're expecting something and they deliver something else. You know, what are your thoughts on it? Because I know again, I'm going to be the positive one. Yeah, again, it was mainly a brawl between these two guys, um, and building Brody Lee up to have him fall to John Moxley. I think it is kind of out of the matches, like you know, with a similar kind of tale. This was the only one that was acceptable. They maybe could have ended it when they both went through the stage. Neither man able to answer the ten count. Call it that, and then they could kind of move on and move forward from that. You know, I think that would have been a better ending as opposed to Moxley having to choke out his opponent. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I still think that both men delivered. I go that four and a quarter out of five. I gave that a four and a quarter out of five too. Hey, uh, and then our final match. This, again, I, when's the last time... You've, you've sat next to me watching wrestling matches for the past five years. When's the last time you heard me laugh so much during a match? That, you I, know what I honestly mean? haven't, unless it was an Enzo Amore match, <laughs> yeah. but he's just being an awful wrestler. <laughs> Uh, or a mojo match. I mean, you have got a smile on your face when he's getting the shit beaten out of him. But no, you know, it was a very entertaining match. Something completely different. You know, I was expecting something along the lines of what we're seeing in WWE. It really wasn't. But in some ways, it was, you know, there was remnants of what they was doing. Yeah. Um, it was good. You know, they used the whole stadium as well. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the match, as you mentioned before, that was absolutely, you know, it was genius going through. <laughs> Uh, I think Matt Hardy certainly is probably he was the most entertaining man in that match. Yeah, yeah. I think without a doubt, I think he's my he's my man of the night. As Followed well. second by Hangman Page. I yeah. mean, you're here to drink or fight, and they both have a shot, and then just coming out with that line marker. It's like they used everything they possibly could on that American football field yeah. in the match. Yeah, it, it, it was brilliant. And uh, like I said, will I go back and watch the paper as a whole again? Probably not. But I will definitely go back and watch that match, you know, within the next couple of weeks just to sit down and be like, oh, hang on a minute. That was really... Was it as funny as I thought it was? And I'll, I'll probably see different things that he did this time as well. Uh, I, I really, really rated it. Uh, what we've got now is the scores for that. I gave that a five out of five. I gave that a four and three quarters out of five. I think, you know, it might have been missing just a touch. You know, they're cutting and shutting and it's obvious that the 100-yard fucking suplex wasn't 100 yards. And, you know, just little details like that. I think about that, but um, I can understand this point. But for me, it is going to be my match of the year candidates at the end of the year. I think it will be. Uh, Unbelievable stuff. So our match of the night was the Stampede match. I think that'd be fair to say. Yep. Who my man of the night was Matt Hardy, closely followed by Brody Lee. Because I thought he gave a fantastic performance. Who's your man of the night? Um, my man of the night, I'd have to say Matt Hardy as well, followed by Hangman Page. Just because, you know, he's, he didn't really get involved too much in the match, but, you know, his little bar scene and the horse scene, I think that was great. Yeah. Right, okay, so we're going to get, because I know what's going to happen here now. We're going to do our ratings out of 10. I'll let you go first, and then I'll do mine. But I'm not changing because of what you say, so go on. I think on the whole, the pay-per-view was enjoyable. There was a couple of matches that didn't need to be there. But the matches that were the kind of standout matches actually did live up to expectation. I'm going to give it, on that basis, an eight and a half. Well, eight and a half there. I'm going to give it a nine, right? Only because if you look at everything that delivered, a main event match that makes me want to see more of the product, that makes me laugh, that makes me enjoy it, it's always going to be exist. There might have been things during the show you're thinking, oh, we don't really need it. But they only do this once. Like I said, I'm... 
four four pay per views a year. So for for four, you know, for that chance, they give everything they've got. I think fair play to them. Do you know what I mean? And and I think everybody on this this card performed fantastically as well when you think about it you know what i mean i don't think anybody put in uh, like a a foot wrong maybe apart from colt cabana but like you said the main event matches paid off and i think that's what matters the most so i'm going to give that a nine out of ten right just quickly the buy rate for double or nothing uh it's likely between 115,000 to 120,000 buys it's basically up 10 percent from the last time but people are noticing a little trend dan and maybe you can have a thought on this. It looks like people are skipping out and watching free weekly TV shows and just paying for the pay-per-views uh, whenever it is, either at the end of the month or wherever it is. We've seen it with WWE and we've seen it with UFC. Is that something that's happening more because fans are getting smarter? Do you know what I mean? People are not watching Raw SmackDown or Dynamite but are paying for the pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I think that's kind of, if you've got the network... You're paying £10 a month for the pay-per-views, but then you kind of, if you haven't got Sky, then you're not catching up on what's going on on a week. So you're probably just checking it out on various results, finding websites, or you're on Twitter, you know, you kind of know the results, you know what's going on. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think that is, you know, it does sound about right for a majority of people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, because, uh, you know, we have been known to maybe do that every once in a while as well, which would be interesting. Uh, but we talk about the response from um, Double or Nothing and the world champion spoke to the media after the event where he felt things like how he felt about his match working extra hard at pay-per-views and more. Well, discussing the backstage reaction to the culmination of the show, Mark said they all felt like they had just won the Super Bowl after the pay-per-view ended. Well, backstage after the show ended, it feels like we just won the Super Bowl. We put a hell of a pay-per-view and everyone is jacked up and high-fiving. It feels like we won a game and we were in an underdog. Moxley also talked about his potential future challenges for his title, saying that he doesn't think the chat between him and Kenny Omega is closed just yet. Mm. He then mentioned how Hangman Page has a momentum behind him right now. And the current champion took the name of Cody Rhodes, a potential opponent, as well. Don't forget about Brian Cage. Uh, but we asked, what did everyone think of AEW Double or Nothing? Did the right people win? Well, Mick Connolly, or Mr. at Mr. Mick Ego, said, Personally, I think the moxley Brody Lee match should have ended in a no contest when they went through the stage. The actual finish made Lee look weak, in my opinion. That's kind of following my exact sentiments. Could have built a few to a last man standing or something at next pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's that's what you were saying. Hit the nail on the head for that one. Brandon R. Scans, at Brandon Scans, said, Alan Page chases Sammy Grell on a horse was hilarious. I completely agree with you on that one. And he asked who would win when Moxley battles Cage. Uh, again, this is an interesting matchup because it's a former Impact guy going against former WWE. We haven't seen that much. Uh, I'm going to have to say it's going to be very, very interesting. Right, so let's get on to the Dynamite results then, Dan. Of course, we both watched Dynamite this week. Indeed, yes. And for the first time ever, the Young Bucks teamed with a broken Matt Hardy for a six-man tag team match against Joey Janela and Private Party. It was Mark Quinn and Asaya Cassidy who upset the Bucks and eliminated them from the AEW team tag team championship tournament late last year. With his partner in disposed at ringside, Janelle disposed of, Cassidy fell prey to more bang for your buck as the Bucks and Hardy picked up a hard fought victory. After he helped Quinn to the locker room as a sign of sportsmanship, as he did, Butcher and Blade hopped in the ring and beat down Nick and Matt Jackson, pummeling the Bucks. Yeah, so here we go, we've seen Dynamite. And uh, I don't know why the Butcher and the Blade have come out maybe to send a statement to the AEW tag team division. And this looks to be a destruction here. 
And Butcher and Blade now just going about their business. What's that sound? Wait a minute. The pickup truck just pulled up. Wait a minute. I recognise those two. That Dash Wilder. Dash Dawson. Dr. Dawson. Dash Wilder. Holy shit. <laughs> the revival. <laughs> well, the tag it... team division has certainly picked up. <laughs> Hashtag FTR. And the Butcher and the Blade. Oh, no. They're in cahoots, Dan. Well, the former Dash and Dawson are one of our tag teams of the year. Well, you know, remember a little while ago, these had a Twitter exchange. Yeah. Young Bucks versus The Revival. Well, no. we may just sit here, but they've changed <laughs> and turned to beat up the Butcher and the Blade. Wow. And they look to mean business here. And now he's got him up looking for a par driver. Oh. FTR. Well, The Revival here, like we said... And this is a huge acquisition for AEW. This is brilliant. This is exactly what we wanted for the Revival to actually be used like this. Are we going to see? No. See the Revival and the uh, Bucks. Shatter Machine. (laughs) (laughs) And the Revival here at AEW. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Well, business has certainly picked up. And again, you know, this is when the Revival was in WWE. AEW was kind of just a fledgling show. These had a Twitter exchange, and they were talking about having a future match, and this I can't wait to see. Wow, that is... Talk about dream matches, that is definitely that. What a moment for AEW, and especially after a pay-per-view, to have something like that happening as well. It's fantastic. Well, Moxley joined the commentary team for an up-close and personal look at his Fighter Fest opponent, Brian Cage. The casino ladder match winner attacked opponent Lee Johnson before the bell, turning him inside out with an uppercut then obliterating him with a released German suplex. He finished with a massive underdog with his drill claw finisher. After the match, Taz took the microphone and expressed his respect for Moxley before warning him of the machine-like competitor. He will step into the ring with at Fighter Fest. Beat him if you can, so he lets JCW icon. Dr. Britt Baker arrived in a wheelchair, pushed to the top of the stage by Rebel for an interview with Tony Schiavone. Rule number three, don't hurt the role model, Barker said before claiming the accident left her knee injured was a conspiracy that goes far and beyond. She ran down the women involved in last week's tag match, tagging each of them with a conspirator label. Well, Rebel produced a board connecting everyone from Chris Statlander to Hiraku Shida, Nyla Rose to referee Aubrey Edwards. She labelled Edwards as the mastermind of the operation, claiming she was present at every one of her injuries. Well, she issued a threat to all involved for wheeling away. New AEW Women's Champion Shida followed up her gruelling no-DQ victory over Nyla Rose at Double or Nothing with a match against young Christy Janes. Well, she recovered from an early cheap shot and grounded Janes. She followed a running knee lift, but Janes answered with a sunset flip into a kick to the head for a near fall. Despite a spirited fight from Janes, Shida delivered the Falcon Arrow for the pinfall. New TNT Champion Cody made his way to the ring for a promo with Tony Schiavone. Cody equated himself... To quarterback Tom Brady, citing the fact that neither were first chosen but were put in to work, but put in the work to achieve everything they did. He fit from nepotism or the dominant genes from his father. I'm not the Simba in this story. Well, he vowed to defend the TNT title every week and opened an, issued an open challenge to the locker room. <coughs> John Cena done it. <laughs> <laughs> With a shot of the AEW Tag Team Championship against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. On next week's show at Stake, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc battled former champions SCU in a high-stakes contest. Well, Scorpio Sky... Scorpio Sky received the hot tag, exploded into the match and teed off on the opposition. Kazarian recovered, joined Sky for a swinging tornado DDT and scored a near 
A well-timed distraction from Penelope Ford kept the baby faces from delivering SCU later. And Sabian and Havoc scored the win moments later, pinning Sky. Well, with an opportunity at Cody's TNT Championship at stake, a massive battle royal headlined the in-ring portion of this week's show. Jurassic Express. Luther. Christopher Daniels. Sonny Kiss. Brandon Cutler. Peter Avalon. Colt Cabana. Billy Gunn. MJF. And Wardlow. They made up the field. The second side of his time, hiding behind his massive bodyguard, in an attempt to avoid elimination. Well, Cassidy and Jungle Boy eliminated MJF and Wardlow, creating a babyface showdown as the final two competitors remaining. A back-and-forth encounter gave way to Jungle Boy delivering a head scissors that eliminated Cassidy and earned him the victory. Well, the inner circle made their way to the ring, still reeling from a loss in the stadium stampede Saturday night at double or nothing. Well, Chris Jericho ensued the fans... That the faction would band together and come back stronger than ever. Well, Sammy Guevara handed out participation trophies. Santander gave out gifts from his New Yorkan basket, including a framed photo of Mark Anthony for Jericho, and the champion gifted Guevara a scooter. Jake Hager read poetry before Guevara asked Jericho what he really wants. What I really want is Mike Tyson's head on a platter. He said he hasn't forgotten what Tyson did to him on January 11, 2010, on a Monday night. So here comes Mike Tyson and his crew alongside Henry Sudo, one of the former UFC champions. Who the fuck is that bloke with blood around his eyes? I have no idea. Victor Belfour's there. So is Rampage Jackson. They've come face to face with Jericho. Jericho tells Tyson to shut his mouth. Of course, they talk about a moment that happened on Raw, aren't they? You know? <laughs> yeah. You are heartbreak! Well, he's saying he stole the championships. Championships. Shut <laughs> Well, Jericho's asking Tyson for an apology. Oh, here comes Tyson now going to rip off the shirt. Or oh, he's going to try. <laughs> All right, Tyson not being that successful with a T-shirt. No. <laughs> but he's, he's not giving up. I don't think he's going to get an apology from Tyson. Oh, and he pushed him and Jericho pushes back. Oh, and a brawling shoes. Oh, my God. Here come the entire roster now. Everyone out here breaking up Jericho and Tyson. Well, reminiscent of 98 when Tyson came in and raised hell. It's the same here, but Dan, I mean, the question is, are you interested in Jericho versus Mike Tyson? Are you Not happy? Are you happy that they're using a WWE angle to promote AEW? Not in the slightest. I mean, you know, they want to kind of differ themselves from WWE, yet they're using an angle that started in WWE. Well, unbelievable stuff there, I tell you. But um, what, we will, what we say about that is unbelievable. But what we did is a Twitter poll and we asked everybody what was better this week. Because, of course, NXT update next week. going to get you bang up to date with NXT before in your house. But, oh, my God, wait a minute. Tyson <laughs> still wants some. We asked what was the better episode. Was it AEW or NXT? Dan? Um, well, the Twitterverse need to get their head out of their asses because they said AEW 55%, NXT 40%. Well, uh, a couple of comments. Amish Man said, got to give it to the fight pit match on NXT. Hope they have more of these matches. Um... The world's most under the world's most misunderstood lad said, "Man, NXT for sure." Yeah, and he also said, "AEW thinking Mike Tyson versus Jericho in 2020 worked like 10 years ago, maybe." Now, no, and Cody trying to mimic the Open Challenge formula makes me laugh. He doesn't have the ring work or charisma to do it. Are you this Twitter account, Dan? Because that's a bit similar to what you said. Well, I am a misunderstood lad, and the man in black also went on to say, "I suspect the Open Challenge element is just a kickstarter storyline with one guy." Yeah, so let, let's hope so about that one all right also on twitter we said uh why we love um aew 
and uh, Dylan White at 09 Whited says Darby Allen because he's willing to risk everything, and I respect that. Yep, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Brand hashtag we are in this together at BTB out of nowhere. Like your Twitter handle, absolutely brilliant. But there's only one thing that comes out of nowhere, Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> but my absolute favourite thing about AEW is Inner Circle. After them, I like Mox, Sheeda, Britt Baker, and OC. Uh, we should say, ratings-wise, uh, AEW beat out NXT this week for the episode we just watched. 827,000 to 731,000. And Dan, finally, who is our Twitter follower of the week? It was Jim. And their Twitter handle is at CaptAwesome underscore... JWL. Yeah, that very well-known handle. Please use it. You are a Twitter follower of the week. And we've got two huge announcements as well. Let's not forget, August 9th is the WNR 300. Yes, we are going to party that one. And the second, we are going to be live next weekend on Sunday night for WWE NXT in your house. Let's join in on the Twitter discussion at WWE Network Review. And, of course, we'll be doing the show live I'm hoping to feature all your shout-outs as well. Our next episode is NXT uh, Update, so we cannot wait to bring you that as well. But AEW has been, have been really, really enjoyable. I've enjoyed Double or Nothing, even though Dan got the pay-per-view. So that's it. Don't forget we're across all media. Twitter, at WWE Network Review. Or at WNR Dan. I'm at J underscore Rose. We're also on Facebook. Yes, the WNR podcast on Facebook and also Instagram. Yeah, all across the Google platform. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube, the WNR podcast, where we have all the latest clips. And podcasts got the same time on YouTube as they do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also Stitcher and Spreaker Radio, where we do our live shows. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Yes, and the next episode is NXT Update. And until then... I have been James Rowlands and as always, was joined by... Damn right. Thanks for this, everybody. Bye. Bye.